back to Guten Tag. Welcome to Critical Apocalypse episode 161. As always, we are here. It's not It's not loud enough. I've got to get closer. Sorry. sorry. Everyone. You're not talking loud enough. As always, we're here to review stuff and things, media mostly, but sometimes other things as well. And uh, we do so in a format of one each, going in turns until we each reach four things. And... How are you doing? You good? Yeah. Cool. So, a silly question. A little bit of news going on this week. There's no news. So, uh, June 1st is the video-on-demand release of Spiral the from the Book of Saw. Is that just coming to the cinema? It has, but it's not showing in Guildford Odeon, where I have my Odeon movie pass, so I couldn't see it. <clears throat> couldn't see it, could I am? I did see a few things this week, which I'm going to talk about, but for the most part, pretty disappointing. How are you doing this week, though? Well, how are you doing this no, week? Normal. No? Normal. Oh, normal. Yeah. Have you watched Cruella? No. No? You said to me you were. it was your favourite film, 102 Dalmatians. That's fucking pain to watch friggin'. You said that the live action, 102 Dalmatians, was the greatest film ever, and the only way they could improve across, upon the original is by removing De- Jeff Daniels. And so they did it, and you said that made it the perfect film. And Emma Thompson. Was Emma Thompson in the original 101 Dalmatians? No. Glenn Close was... Because the original one was an animation. Sorry, the remake. The live-action version. I didn't watch it. Cruella Deville was played by Glenn Close, who was also famously a pirate in Hook. You seem quite annoyed, Ant. What's going on? Do you want to talk about stuff? You're just going nowhere. Yeah, but I'm talking to you. I was trying to have a conversation. I was trying to start on a friendly foot because then the audience feels warmer and, and like we're, they can approach us. Don't ever fucking approach me. <laughs> Look, my approach is to treat the audience with contempt. But why? Because it's what they deserve. But how do you know? Because they keep coming at me with their fucking... You know, I just... Talk attitude. to me more about this. Attitude. What's, what's happening? Why, what's this? No. <laughs> All right, well, episode 161. I guess I'll start because it's my turn. And tastes like weird cowpole. I mean, if you add if you add a couple of shots of that fireball whiskey, it tastes great. And I am feeling pretty good right now. It's supposed to be your review first. You can't just stop and start drinking stuff instead of talking. <sighs> Sorry, it's my it's my thinking juice, like Hemingway. Okay, so my review first this week, and I'm going to start with a doozy of a banger of a classic. And I've been playing Call of Duty Cold War. You're not sure? Yeah, no, I can't remember. I was about to say Black Ops 4, but that was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. Nor do I. I've been playing the newest Call of Duty on PS5. <laughs> it's a game, isn't it? I am... I'm at an odds to to like some of the aspects of it they've changed while also hating some of the other aspects that they've included. Um, first of all, this game doesn't need to be like 200 gigabytes. The fuck is that noise? What's going on there? What's the point? It's all the war. <coughs> can you not <laughs> You laughed as you were like, can Jeez. you not do a vomit burp? They're classic. That's what we do every week. This is mostly a no, what you do every week is you peak the audio. Sorry, because you've got no volume I control. Peaks the audio with my vomi vomi burp. So yeah, Call of Duty. It's at a weird point where I think that so many people have been asking for like a zombies style campaign instead of the traditional like po faced boring war shit, and they still haven't done it. They haven't just made a zombie horror campaign like War Game. I don't know if they, it's because, because they Call take- of Duty is a serious 
Yeah, video I think game that's what it is. About I think, serious wars. I think they think that there are they're serious. Not political. There are serious. Wars not political. I think they think that there are serious like game series, and they're not just embracing the fact that most people buy it to play the multiplayer and play the zombies game. Right? I think they do. Uh, so most I'm, people buy it because they want to pretend they're like fucking soldiers. Some soldier, yeah. I did make a funny joke about that on Twitter the other day because someone was saying someone got into a Twitter argument about it vaccines. Want to be freaking Robson Jerome in Soldier Soldier. <laughs> well, someone someone jumped into a Twitter argument about vaccines and they said I was a sergeant corporal blah 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 and I was like oh I don't think you get ranks in the new Call of Duty game and they didn't come back so mm. I assume it was a stolen valor situation. That's such a weird concept, but it's really rife in America apparently. They have like loads of people with like stolen valor charges and fake police charges and shit like that. Like, American people want to be the hero so bad, but they don't want to put in any of the effort. So they just put on mm. a costume and then they just go and do some illegal shit and pretend it was like in the name of... Nigel Farage wanting to be a politician, but, <laughs> yeah. but never then, actually being but then one. then losing to a, to a mammal, a <laughs> sea-based mammal, mm-hmm. um, and also a space-travelling bin man, right? Because didn't he go be a Nigel Farage? I can't remember. I think he ran in the London mayoral ele- yeah, election. Yeah, the London mayor one, yeah, Lord yeah. Buckethead. Ah, he's now Lawn. He was Lord Buckethead, but he's now Lord Binhead, isn't he? Because he got sued by Buckethead. Mm. Yeah, or Binface. I think he's Binface. Wait, well, yeah, Buckethead does suck. He plays in a band with Johnny Depp. Um, less on that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to get those Johnny Depp simps after us. We're not doing that again. I accidentally got some Johnny Depp simps on me a few weeks ago. But anyway, those people are fucking crazy, mate. I don't understand why two abusers, someone's taking the side of one abuser over another abuser. Just let them be abusers. Fuck them. Don't, don't pay them any attention. They go away. Anyway, Call of Duty. So yeah, so a couple of things they've changed straight off the bat. So loading times are fucked. They're all over the joint. They're all over the shop, even on new consoles. It seems to be just a mess of menus because they've separated stuff out in a different way this year. So when you enter into the main menu, you've got four options on the first line. So it's cut into three vertical lines, right? So the first one is Call of Duty, Cold War, the game. And you've got you've got campaign, you've got multiplayer, and you've got zombies. Second line is for Call of Duty Warzone, the free-to-play game. And then the third line is for last year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh. Which makes no fucking sense. Well, they did that in Battlefield for years. Do they? Yeah, you bring up the side No, menu. they have Battle.net, don't they? Yeah, and if you click on it, you'll load the game up if it's on your hard drive. I've, oh, yeah, so, okay, so that's like the weird sub-menu, right? Yeah, that's what it's doing with uh, this. Okay, well, with the latest Battlefield, I've not ever had to go through that menu. Because Warzone, Warzone is Modern Warfare. Like no, but, I mean, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is the newest Battlefield, the one that we've played together, I've never seen that menu come up it's on, on that. It's on the left. So you actually have to go to it? Yeah, you can bring it up. Oh, you on this it just... Hardline. On this it just comes up. It doesn't... You don't have any option to skip it. You don't have any option to change that. It just comes up with those three. So it gives you the option of playing an older game, a free-to-play game, or the brand new game that retails for 60 quid. Well, it's got Warzone, it's installed Modern Warfare at the same time. It's the same fart download. Then why isn't that just off off your fuck? Why does that have to be part of this menu? Convenience. Convenience for who, though? Because if you're... Playing Warzone. if If you're opening the game, Call of Duty... Cold War. You want to play Warzone. You want to play Call of Duty Cold War. You want to play Warzone. If you want to That's play Warzone, because Warzone has a separate icon on the ho- on the home screen. Yeah. So why does that? It's fucking stupid. Anyway, minor gripe that one. Second gripe. You're a gripe. Story's dog shit. It's Call of Duty. It's pointless and dog shit. 
<laughs> it's about five hours, which is the right length for a story for this sort of game. But it is, for the most part, dog shit. There is one good level in the whole thing, and they introduced bullet sponge enemies in that level for some reason. But there is a level where you Just go... Like real life. You go to a secret Russian base where they've mm. got, like, fake American streets set up mm. to, like, do training exercises for, like, you know, like a Red Dawn-style shit yeah. where they take over. And you get to run around that, and loads of it's interactive, and loads of it like blows so it's up. Like and moves running around just some American streets. Yeah, but it's oh. like all fake stuff, so it all blows up and it all falls apart. But in the game, it's, it's special because in the game you're like, oh, this is actually in Russia the whole time. Well, no, in the game they've got like funny like signs and stuff, and the transition between each as you go through the stage itself, like the back of Fall Two, when you're jumping around between those different planet trains. Time, no, the time time one that no, time level was fucking incredible. Yeah, but there's a stage on Titanfall Two where you're going through all the different training programs you jump between the different holodecks that have the um whether because they're manufacturing cell factory in it they're manufacturing all the yeah bits. yeah 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 and there's like a earth base and then there's like you a, have to jump through the buildings they're going up and down and yeah splash through one wall and go into a different training area yeah it's very cool. cool um but yeah so that's that's a that's a thing like it's not interesting it's not got anything going on in it that i'd recommend anyone needs to play it for you've got some of the old returning characters but at this point who gives a fuck so- about it He's not and he's dead. Is he? Yeah, he's been dead for a while. Oh. They have the other guy in it though, McTavish and Oh, he's the same character. And uh who's the who's the guy with the little the, blokes who go, gonna get you got going to the AZ. Watch out. Coming in on the left. Mason's back, voiced by Sam Worthington. He's still got a job. I think he was cancelled though. Sam Worthington. Old, yeah. Avatar. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was because you remember he was Mason in Call of Duty Black Ops I didn't One. Play it. Do you not? Black Ops, playing these games Black Ops 1 was too. pretty banging, mate. Like oh, Black, Black Ops 1 was pretty great. Because you had you had zombies and that was probably the best zombies has ever been. So anyway, so so yeah, so uh not great. But the multiplayer's good. Multiplayer is still fun. There's a lot of like the problem with multiplayer is there's still a lot of those game modes that no one wants to fucking play. But at least on this one, you can select which ones. No, I just go got to play cage match with knives only. Yeah, so basically, you can remove anything that you don't want to play. You could just have because I just have team deathmatch and kill confirmed. Except for Warzone, that's all in one place. I play team deathmatch and kill confirmed. Yeah. Those are my two favorite game modes. I've always played them. So it just I hit quick play. Celebrity team deathmatch. Yeah, celebrity. Oh god, yeah, celebrity deathmatch. But you've got Rambo skins in the game. now. Uh, it's so weird so you seeing can John play celebrity. McClane. It's so weird seeing John McClane and Rambo running around, especially when Rambo is fighting for the Americans, because I'm pretty sure the last film he was in he was fighting with the Afghanistan people. The last, what, the last Rambo film? Oh, no, Rambo 3, uh, the last real Rambo. The last real Rambo is Rambo 4. Uh, yeah, Rambo uh, 4's great. If you, were you taking in there? Because if you're just taking, you're taking guns, you're changing nothing. <laughs> Rambo. Um... Yeah, so that's that's good. They've refined some stuff there. But then Zombies Mode is a complete fucking sh- shamble. Because when he fought Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I've been playing that game quite a bit. It's yeah. really good. Does Call of Duty get Sylvester Stallone to voice him? I don't think so. I don't think there's any voice stuff. Uh, what's the point then? They've got like a... It's a first-person shooter. You're paying for a skin of Rambo. doesn't even talk like Sylvester Stallone. What are you paying for? You're paying for his forearms. Do you know what's really funny? Rambo's like... forearms. That's what you're getting. Do you know what's really funny? I was playing it last night. I was a few beers deep, and then I realised as the level started loading, it had the one of the levels in the newest Call of Duty is the Twin Pines Mall. What's that from? Back to the Future. Yeah, that's actually a level in a, in a shooty shooty war game. Oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> I don't know why. I have no idea why. Um, but yeah, so so multiplayer is good. It's still as enjoyable as ever. It's got a fucking battle pass, which it shouldn't have in an expensive game that you have to pay Warzone for. Warzone does. 
Yeah, I know. But Warzone's free. This isn't. That's the difference. That's the de- like, that's how it should be defined. Free game. Charge as much as you want for your your like fucking skins and shit. Paid for game. Get the the fuck out of here. Get to fuck. Get to fuck. Um and yeah. But then zombies, zombies used to be a simple game mode. You just start a game, you join in, everybody plays a game, that's it. Now they've got like different game types. So it's become like multiplayer. What's the story on zombies now? I don't fucking know. Is never, Ronald Reagan still fighting I never zombies? did any of that shit. I never really understood how people <coughs> discovered those Easter eggs and stuff. They just kept fucking... Because having... millions of people play the game. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's the infinite monkeys thing. Oh, what? I do want to know if anyone's ever found the bug in Battlefield Bad Company where you can crash the game by making a super gun. Because I don't think anyone's found that. What's the, what's I that? might demonstrate it one day on the internet. Yeah, do that. That'd be a I good need, video. I need someone else with a copy of Battlefield Bad Company. I have it. And I need to crash my Xbox in the process. I have it, and I have a spare Xbox 360. Pff, I don't. My Xbox 360 broke. I've got one downstairs that works. It's very slow, though. Um. So, yeah, so Call of Duty all in all... For £60, you're not really buying a game. It seems like you're buying a service, but it doesn't really act like a service. Tastes like if a soap burped. I mean, once you add that whiskey to it, it's got a lovely, lovely hint of whiskey. Just add some whiskey to it. Um, Yeah, like, it's fine. It's fucking fine, mate. It's fucking fine. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to... It's not going to be some revolutionary thing for anyone. It's not going to, like... You're not going to play and go, Oh, this is Call of Duty? You're going to be like, Oh, this is Call of Duty. And, uh, and yeah. People seem to be worse at it. That's something I've noticed. Because my kill-death ratio... Used all, to... They're all playing Fortnite now. Probably. There's a lot of people playing with keyboard and mouse on PS5, which is weird. We can. Yeah, but it's just weird. Because they're pro gamers. Oh, they're pro gamers. Mm. I forgot all, all you pro gamers out there. Um, yeah, it's I mean, fine. to be fair, if you want the best graphics to play a game with right Me now, too. getting a PS5 or an Xbox Series X is far more cost-effective than trying to get a PC with a That's GTX true, 10 yeah, How much was the 3090 sold for the other day? Like five grand or something mm. stupid mm. like that. Um, yeah, so if you can pick this up for like 20 quid, there's enough content here to make that a justifiable price. But with the Battle Pass shit and everything else they're trying to shove down your throat and the fact it doesn't feel like an actual game, it feels like an add-on to an existing thing, which it basically is because they've not changed the engine again. Um, I mean, it's it's just fine. It is just fine. And that means it's so middle of the line, I have to give it a... I'm going to give it a Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins? Yeah. What's wrong with Tim Robbins? He's fine. Tim Robbins is great. He's fine. And how are the duck? Name a good film he's done in the last five years. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> you said that with the confidence of a man who doesn't realise we've moved. What's the one where he's the president? I don't fucking know. He was in Green Lantern. Was it Dave? No, was Dave was Kevin Klein. Oh. Don't you dare disperse disper- the name of Kevin Klein. What's I the love- one where he's the president? It's good. Tim Robbins is the president. Yeah. King Ralph? Yeah, King Ralph. <laughs> King Ralph's actually a pretty good film. Was that the other day where someone was on about how you know people said Princess Diana was too common to yeah. be thing, but she was actually in line for the throne. Yeah. But someone described it as it would be a King Ralph like situation for her to get to the throne. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, that's great. I, I, that needs to happen one day. It's the one funny part of Johnny English, isn't it? Where Johnny English is like the worst agent, and like he's like, well, at least at least we got back the plans, and he's reading the list of agents that have been killed. 
And it's like a shopping list. And he's like, oh no, these are fake plans. How could they know who the agents are? And they like just explodes at the coffin and kills everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that was a terrible retelling of that scene from Johnny English. But to be fair, it's a crap film. And your review. Right. That's Damco Museum Arcade Pack. Cool. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's on. It was on sale. Yeah. To eight pound something. Yeah. Is it worth it? Who knows. Mm. So it's an arcade because the Namco have done those museum packs. They did those two Namco museums that are the Famicom games. Yeah, the one I bought one of. Yeah, you bought one with one pack of graffiti. Yes, I did. Yeah, best game ever. Um, this arcade pack is eleven arcade games, but it's only eleven, which is a bit like slim pickings. It's like sixteen pounds something, and when you consider that, like the Capcom arcade collection has like what thirty games in it. Yeah, and it often um, goes down to about £8. Yeah, well, you have to buy separately all the different packs, don't you? But it, it ends up being about 30 quid. But oh, this that one, one sorry, yeah. I was thinking the fighters. Um, but this this Namco one, it's got 11 games, and it's got Pac-Man, it's got, like, Rolling Thunder 2 and 3, I think. Um, it's got the original Splathouse arcade game, which what? is pretty neat. The original. That is, I was looking at this to buy yeah. it, so I'd like yeah. to hear, have you played the Splathouse arcade yeah, yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, it's the same, PC Engine port's very... Very, yeah. very, very similar. Yeah. Um, which is what I played like, that on the Wii. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing, the reason why it's expensive is because it includes Pac-Man Championship Edition. Um, which is a £25 game. The, well, it's uh, sort of quid. I don't know what it is. But um, it has that and it has like some modded version of it, another version of it on there. But to be honest, I'm not too fussed about Championship Edition because like, I mean, you can get that anywhere. Um, it's the arcade games I want. Yeah. Um, one of the good ones is it's got Pac-Man Versus, but... You need a friend who has a copy of the arcade collection to play it. That's why you kept trying to get me to buy it, and, then and there's no stole my <laughs> there's no like free download thing to let you play Pac-Man Versus oh, with friends. You know, like how um, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Well, the thing Pac-Man Versus, the way it originally worked, you had the GameCube game. It was a bonus disc that came with R Racing Evolution, yeah. and it well, R Racing Evolution came with this bonus disc, yeah, because um, that's what you bought it for. And people playing on the TV played as the ghost. They had a small area of the map to move around in. Yeah. And someone on a Game Boy played the Pac-Man maze. And it was like classic Pac-Man and you move around the maze. And you can see where the ghosts are on your maze, but you've got to avoid them because they're being controlled by other players. Yeah. Um, it's a really neat gameplay. It's probably the best Pac-Man game next to Championship Edition. And it's on this, but you need to have other people owning it. What like, was that free-to-play Pac-Man game on mobiles? It was really good. Pac-Man 256. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Um, that had a console version as well. Did it? Yeah. I bet it was paid for, though. Yeah, but it had all the DLC and stuff. It had all the um, extra skins and things to unlock. Oh, nice. But yeah, I think if they had like a thing where you could just download a version of Pac-Man Versus so you could play with friends without them having to buy the arcade bundle to play it, yeah, like that'd be pretty neat. Um, it doesn't have online play for it or anything, but Pac-Man Versus is one of the best Pac-Man games, and they like make it tricky to play with friends, local only, and they all need to have it. Um, but no, it's other than that, the arcade collection's fine. It's a decent set of games for eleven quid. It's not like the most friggin' amazing Namco collection. They're uh, Namco and all the and Sega and everyone. They're still sort of really resisting going into the three D era of arcade machines. Mm. And I think by now we're at the point where those early arcade games, like they're worth about the same as the old two D ones, like Virtua Racing and Virtua Fighter. Like compared to the games that are around now, are pretty freaking basic like they're pretty simplistic and those games are like over 20 no they're like what 30 years old now yeah like Ridge Racer was 1992 93 and Virtua Fighter was like 94 so we're getting towards 30 years 
Like, let's get some of those collections. Like, with Namco, you could have the first Tekken and Soul Blade. Like, oh, those would be amazing. The first Ridge Racer. Where's a Ridge Racer collection on freaking modern consoles? Are we ever going to get that? Like, ri- like the all the arcade Ridge Racers and Ridge Racer Type 4. That'd be great. Game over, yeah. Like, Rave Racer would be awesome to have a home port of. I'm not so sure about Wave Racer. Rave Racer. Rave Racer? What's that? Rave Racer is the Ridge Racer sequel. Yeah. Um, And its whole big thing was that you could, like, jump off of the edges of certain tracks and land on other parts of the track. There's, like, multiple routes Uh, to the uh, courses. So shortcuts. Yeah. But it was all, like, you'd go off the edge of a bridge and land on a lower section of the bridge and stuff like that. Cool. Um, But, yeah, no one played it. Rage Racer got a PlayStation. Rage Racer, was that the one on the bikes with the weapons? No. What was the one in the arcade with the ones with bikes? What? So it was an arcade one where it had like full bikes that you turned. And what's Super Hang On? No, but it had weapons and it was 3D. No idea. You had like a baton and no, you had that a gun. Very reckless. So, you could hurt passers by. So good. It was so good. You never played the Silent Hill gun game, did you? No. They had it in the Big Apple for like a week. I went there every day to play that game. It was actually alright. It was just House of the Dead, but with no gore. What's the point then? <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. But House of the House Dead's getting a remake. Is, oh, yeah, on the mm. Switch. Mm. By that same company that did a bad one recently. I don't know. They did the 13 remake, I think. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be bad. Yeah. 13 remake was a mess. Yeah. But no, that um, arcade pack. Did they try one cell shader? Yeah. I think they. no one really knows how to do cell shading now. No. Although, cause... I will talk about cell shading later. Anyway, arcade and pack. Yeah. Where they spell pack as pack, like Pac-Man. <gasps> um, Clever. In a sale, fine. But the full price is like 20 quid. Ugh. And I don't think it's worth it, unless you really like Pac-Man Championship Edition 2. I prefer the first Pac-Man Championship Edition. I felt Championship Edition 2 added too many things that sort of muddied the formula a little bit. That's because Ant's not a cunt. Hmm. You're a square. <laughs> Pump How the gas, fucking daddy. dare you? <laughs> Pump the gas, daddy <laughs> Hey there. Hey there, bro. Why are you being such a... You need to stop being such a... Cunt. Um, yeah, okay, fine. Cool. Cool. Not much to say about it. It's a nice... Pipe. Rolling Thunder's the coolest thing. Splathouse, like, I mean... Splathouse. Splathouse is nice, but like the problem is that so many of these games... The reason they don't do the 3D ones, I reckon, is because there's going to be some additional programming, whereas all of the 2D ones they've done so many times that they've probably got it ready to go in the oven as yeah, soon as the console's released. give me the 3D one. Where's the, the Virtua Fighter collection? Yeah, or the 3D ones are going to take Tekken so much more collection. effort. And also, you know what people are like. like. Big companies are always like, people don't want to see those janky old 3D graphics. They want the beautiful 2D sprites and stuff, but what they don't realise is that people love those old janky 3D fucking graphics. Virtual Racing on Switch is fantastic. Game over, yeah! That's Daytona. Oh. Game over! That's Sega Rally. <laughs> Alright, my review. My next review. And I told you I went to go see some movies. There's a little bit of coke still in it. I went to go see some movies. Did you? Guess what movie I went to go see. Was it Spiral? No. It's the newest film from Gay Ritchie. Oh, I feel bad making that joke. His name's Guy Ritchie. It's still stupid, but I feel bad making that joke. Guy's a bad name. Guy is a bad name. But uh, anyway, so I I watched uh, Wrath of Man, the newest Post Malone starring Jason Statham action thriller with Josh Hartnett in a backing role. Oh, shit. Josh Hartnett's in a film. Yeah, Rob Delaney's in this. Hartnett. Oh, don't care about Rob Delaney. Did you you actually ever listen to I Heart Hartnett? No, I I listen to every episode. (laughs) 
I got obsessed with that just because I didn't realise how many Josh Hartnett films Don't I'd seen. Talk about a much better podcast. Yeah, that's true, that's true. We're not cross selling. Talk Fuck about a worse you. podcast. Fuck you. I hope you go deaf if you listen to that podcast. So anyway, yeah, so um so I watched Wrath of Man and I went into this film fully expecting just the most mediocre shit that you could possibly watch. With Josh Hartnett and you're expecting mediocre. No, because Jason Statham's the lead character. Josh Hartnett's actually a really interesting character in this. I know. How does that happen? Does that smell strong? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, There's a little bit of coke in there. Oh, right. Do you want a little bit of root beer? There was a little bit of dribble of coke from earlier. No, I don't want any root beer. I've got... So, this is my JD and coke. Wrath of Man. So, um, it's 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 trying to be a bit of a twisty thriller, but it doesn't really have the multiple character angles that you usually get from a Guy Ritchie film. It's no Lucky Number 11. It's no... Lu- that's a good film. Fantastic That's film. a good movie. I like that movie. One of the few times Bruce Willis gave a shit. <laughs> I just think he drank enough there to was give, that. The, give the and idea. Ten years he... later, he did Looper. Yeah, and then ten years later, he did um, what's that? Lego one? Movie Two. No, <laughs> he was yeah. in Lego Movie Two. No, it was it? Was a John McClane? Yeah, in the he was in the vents. There's a point where Wildstyle goes into the vents and she's crawling along, and and she's up there. She's like, Bruce, and he's like, "Sorry, I just come up here because I feel safe." And she's like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "Okay, I'm just going to squeeze past you." She's like, "Oh, okay," and he squeezes past and he goes off. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's him doing the voice though um, so yeah so Raph of Man so Jason Statham has, joins this joins this company they're like an armoured vehicle company that transport money between retail businesses um, and he joins as a security a security officer for them and on his first run he just so happens to run afoul of some criminals and they try to rob his van and it turns out he's very good at shooting and he kills everyone and after killing everyone they're like, hey, take a sabbatical. You need to have a little bit of time before you go back out there. And he's like, I don't need no fucking time. And they're like, you probably need some time. You killed a bunch of people, including including Post Malone in a little cameo. Oh, sweet. Post Malone. Um, I'd kill Post Malone. I wouldn't. He's he's he is a charmingly strange character. If you ever want to see Post got childish tattoos. Post Malone is one of those people I don't like his tattoos and he looks like he smells bad. But Post Malone is yeah, one of those people He looks like you taste bad if you smell him. <laughs> Post Malone is one of those people that I find infinitely more fascinating than most pop stars because I saw that video of him he he bought tickets to go to a Shania Twain gig and instead of like being in the VIP box he's just in the crowd and you see him so hyped up and he's singing along to <laughs> Sing along to Shania Twain. Just looking like he's having a rollicking good time. Nothing wrong with Shania Twain. I love Shania Twain. I'd be right there with him. Maybe a couple of feet away just because of the smell, but... Yeah, everyone else was. That's yeah. how they started a circle pit by accident. <laughs> I love being in circle pits. I miss gigs so much. That Shania Twain concert. <laughs> the best thing about elbows. When she was like, man, I feel like a woman and just... Bum, bum, shit went down. Fucking headbutting people. <laughs> Nutting some bitch. Um... So yeah, so uh, yeah, Jason Statham he runs a violence of criminals, and then three months later, the same thing happens again, and this time it seems like the criminals recognise him, and that's where you get a bit of a backstory. Um, and then from there, we sort of learn about why he's there, why he's taking this job, and the mystery surrounding. Oh, I saw the trailer where he shoots a bunch of people when he's at a security van or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's basically the movie, and he's all like, "I'm really good at shooting people." Yeah. 
So, are you going to ever watch this? Can I spoil it a little no, bit? I'm not going to fucking watch I, it. I, I want to spoil this. But a our viewers bit. might, so why would you spoil it? I just want to spoil a little bit. So, I think they actually say it in the trailer. So, one of the people that turns shot- out Jason Statham is his character from one, and he's been traveling <laughs> around between dimensions, killing, killing multiple himself. versions of himself yeah. until he gets really good at shooting. Um, so, no, in the trailer, they show this like his son is a victim of one of the robberies mm. by a group of people that robbed the vans. Yeah. And it turns out that he he's like a mob boss. And his his group robbed those vans. And the people that have robbed the van and killed his son, it's like a, a group of ex-army people that just are down on their luck and really struggling. So they've decided to take up this this thing. They've just started to rob these ba- these vans. Rob the vans. Rob the vans. Rob the vans. Um, and so it, it sort rob of... Rob the van. Rob the van. So it was all just really bad luck, basically. It was just really? bad luck. And his son was in the car. They went to go get a burrito. He was only there. What to, kind of burrito? Uh, they don't say. He just says, "Can I have two burritos, please?" Specify. Yeah, I know you have to specify. Chicken or beef? What about guac? You're gonna have extra cheese. Guac's in it? extra. You have guac, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, go, do you want rice? What, what's places when they ask you if you want rice? Look, you want rice. Rice is essential. Listen, you gotta have your beans. You have your rice. You gotta have your guac. You gotta have some lettuce. You gotta have tomatoes. And if they do it, some slow roasted on un- uh, slow roasted uh, mushrooms, nachos. So there are some mushrooms. And the nacho chips, quite good. Yeah, the we guac, did na- haggis and nachos in one. Yeah, the guac that you that dip it in, good. not so great. Mm. They don't have very tasty guac, but that's because of the chemicals. Mm. They've got to put chemicals in there to stop it going brown. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it turns out he's a gangster. Don't you just put lemon in it? No, you put the put the stone in. No. The, it still goes brown if you put lemon in. It doesn't preserve it forever. Mm. But you put the stone in. If you're making it at home, just a tip. You put a stone from the from the avocado in your guac, just on top, or just smush it in a little bit. Stop it going brown as quickly. Cooking tip for anyone there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he he ends. So he's basically just trying to track down this group. So he's baiting them by riding in these in these security vans. Um, and yeah, there's not really an interesting message to it. There's not really a deeper meaning to it. There are some good scenes in which um, he is Expecting using a deeper meaning from a Jason Statham film. I was expecting something, you know, like I not don't. Every film of his can be the one. I, well, no, it's not that so much as it. It has like the or shooting. Transporter two. <laughs> the shooting style here is a bit above what you'd expect from a Guy Ritchie film. Normally, there's not just long tracking shots as people talk down corridors and things like that. There's not like there's not cut through scenes. You know, like where they've like assembled. Which set, ridiculous so. object gets a point of view shot? None. There's actually it. none of that in this. I don't believe it's it. quite reserved. But like, but the thing that I the thing that I really wanted. Because you start getting the feelings of this being something more like one of those. It feels more like if Korea had this script, if this is a Korean film, it'd be a lot better. Yeah. Same script, same subject matter, but if it was a Korean film, it would be made a lot better, a lot grittier. It'd feel a bit more lived in. And you, you, I kept getting hints of something like I Saw the Devil, like that revenge style thriller where it's just someone who is so adept at killing and through no fault of their own, no fault of their family's own, they've suffered a tragedy and they're dealing with it with their extremely good killing skills. And I kept getting a feeling like like I was going to see something like out of that film. And at the end of I Saw the Devil, not to spoil it for anyone, the main character cries. Aww. When they finally get their vengeance, they cry. They break down. Because the whole time they've been on this journey of just wrath. They have they have pent all these emotions up and used them as That's fuel. they realised they probably did a crime. Well, no, they, they put it inside themselves. They, they just become a machine. They don't think about eating and sleeping. They think about vengeance and killing. That is their one goal. And that's how they're dealing with their grief. And then when they finally achieve that goal, their body goes, oh, fuck, you've done it. And the adrenaline rushes. Everything just drops. You just 
he just starts crying. And in this, there's none of that. It just ends. He's just like, oh, guess I've just fucking killed him. Back to my boss crime stuff then, shall yeah. I? And that's it. That's the end. You wanted the pathos of Crank and Crank 2. Well, yeah. High voltage. I just wanted, I wanted it to feel like, I wanted it to feel like Guy Ritchie had evolved. I wanted it to feel like Jason Statham had evolved. Like, so speaking of Josh Hartnett, Josh Hartnett has an arc in this, whereas Jason Statham doesn't. The main character doesn't, a side character does. He's not in it very much. He's in about 10 to 15 minutes of the film at most. And Josh Hartnett is, he starts out as being, he's, he's one of those like Larry, well, slightly Larry people who can't really crack a joke, but they can take the piss out of people. But if you throw it back at them, they get a bit hurt. And, and at the same time, he's quite cowardly. So he has issues with when it comes to the time where they need to do something, he can't remember the adrenaline pump. He's not very good under pressure. Then at the end of the film, when it comes to the the final robbery, so the whole plan is that at the end they're going to rob the truck stop itself because they're holding money overnight for another van to come and pick it up and then take it to the final destination. And they have like a massive safe that they put it Which in. Which final destination? Five. Oh, the sweet. good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the final destination. It's on the bridge, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I fucking love those movies. I might rewatch. Is that them the one again. that ends with them getting yeah. on the plane from the yeah. first one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I might rewatch those films. They are really good. I I know people will say they're not. I find them really fun. They're guilty pleasures. Uh, but in this, like, so yeah, so um, Josh Hartnett, in his at the end, he he gets shot and he realizes that look, he, like he gets shot whilst wearing a bulletproof vest and he's really fucked up by it. But he sort of gets up and he goes, "All right, fuck it, I'm going to go help. I'm going to go and try and stop the bad guys." And it's like a really nice, well acted moment. And it it kind of reminds you why Josh Hartnett was as big as he was because he was a good actor in a lot well, he's of the about shows. Six foot four, so. <laughs> He was a good actor, and like especially in films like he still is in the faculty. He was he was so everybody loved him in that film, even though he was a shithead. He's such a cunt in that film. He's got tiny eyes. He does have tiny eyes. Anyway, Rafa Man, I wanted it to be more, and there were like the trappings of it being something more, and a lot of the side characters are great. I really enjoyed a lot of what was happening, but at the same time, it just it felt like. It felt like I was eating gruel. I was getting some sustenance from it. I was, I was enjoying it, but I just there was no flavour. There was no taste. Gruel's vague, vegan. No gruel's vegan. Um, so, uh, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give this one a Matthew Modine. Not quite a Tim Robbins. A little bit better well, than Devin Tim Robbins. Devin Sawa was in an episode of the MacGyver reboot. Really? Yeah. I like Devin Sawa. Yeah, in one episode. Devin Sawa was also in the Fanatic. Yeah. Anyway, and your review. Mm. Get the fuck on. Get to fuck. Get to fuck. I've been playing Super Bomberman R online. I have two and it's the new battle royale that everyone's talking about. Which is it's it's Bomberman. I mean, they could do a battle Bomberman where it's a giant arena, like one giant arena. But what they they've did done, Bomberman sixty four. No, it was a Steam game though. No, yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, or was it Bomberman one two eight? It was Bomberman sixty four, Bomberman one two eight, and you basically you could have Bomberman sixty four was an Nintendo. No, no, I know, game. but there was like there was a multiplayer one that someone made. It was like a fan thing. But it's a fan it thing doesn't on, count. Then it got released on Steam. It got the mm. blessing of the creators. Well, no, I don't believe you. Anyway, fine, fucking Bomberman <laughs> online. They take the Bomberman format. You start off in an arena. There's multiple arenas linked together. Every minute you have to escape from an arena before you, if it's getting shut off. Or the new bricks fall down. You sort of move to a safe spot when the bricks drop. You can stay in when there. When the bricks drop. You might end up in an arena on your own. Which would be crazy. Which would actually be quite good if you end up in an arena on your own. Because you'll have time to collect stuff. Um, it's quite a fun spin on the format. Like, you get a decent length of game out of it every time. It's a bit... You get more game every turn than you do out of, like, Pac-Man 99 or... To, um, 
you know, Super Mario 35, which yeah. is all similar. Yeah. Um, I do find, though, that it takes a friggin' long time to get into a game on it. Um, because you start searching for the game and it takes about a minute before it finds a game. Then it loads up a thing for you to choose what character you want. Then it goes to another loading screen where afterwards you get an intro video. Then it goes to another loading screen where it's syncing everything up to start the game. And it's probably a good, like, four minutes to get into a game between rounds. And there's no option to just instantly go into another round like there is in Tetris 99. You have to go back to the main menu every time, um, which is an oversight. But uh, to be fair, when you're in the games, it does last a while. You have two lives. You have chances to pick up more lives. You can only have two maximum, but when you eliminate someone, they drop a heart. You can pick up the heart and carry on. Um, so, you know, you can get a decent survival out of it. I haven't done great on it. I keep messing up. The first few games, I sort of didn't quite get what was going on when you move from one arena to the next. I, yeah. f- I thought the arena was closing, hmm. but it doesn't always. No. So, you know, I, ran, I got squished at one point. I don't um, know if you I don't know if you found this, but I often don't feel tension in like battle arena games. Mm. I don't I I sort of there's a disconnect. I'm just like, oh fuck, I died, alright, fine. But in this, I got so panicked and tense when I was down to the last few players and I was like You didn't get down to the last few players. You got down to the last few in your room. Yeah. You're freaking terrible yeah, at it. Sorry. You came out fiftieth. But like I genuinely got mm. like a bit I got like a, I got a bit of one of those, you know, where you could just, you feel like you're like, dun, 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 oh no, fuck. I do think there's um clearly like some of the bombermen are better than others. There's like a pink bomber man. She's got full power, fire, and running, and all this sort of stuff right from the start, but she can't use any of the bonus items. Yeah. But to be honest, I will take a longer blast over like right from the very start of a game over being able to throw bombs. Just don't get caught in the middle of bombs, like you know. It can make it an arse ache trying to like clear the first couple of bits of a level, though. Yeah, it's fine. But um, I unlock the Fall Guys guy, because he's free. You yeah. just go to the shop and get him. Um, and he can dive a little further than the other characters, which can come in handy when those bricks fall down. You mm. dive, dive out of the way. Um, but it's, it's a fun enough little thing. It's just really slow to get in and out of games. It is full of microtransactions and stuff, and... You know, it's it kind of it doesn't really feel like they're being jammed down my throat in this. No. I think it's weird that they've linked it so much to Super Bomberman R. Yeah, considering I that game's like, sh- like six years old now. Is that? It's, it's kind of when the Switch came out. Four, didn't it? four years. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, it uses the same game engine, I suppose. But when has that ever stopped them before? Mm. Um, I got a Louie in it. I didn't realize they were in the game. I blew up a brick, and a Louie came out. Oh. And I rode around on him for about five seconds before I got hit by another bomb. <laughs> But um, it does give you a nice little shield for yeah, a second. It gives you, yeah, it gives you a shield. Exactly, isn't it? Um, you know, and there's you can have solid snake. No sign of Xavier Woods, as far as I can tell. No, and also you don't. I don't. I haven't seen the Castlevania characters yet. Yeah, there's about Bel- Victor Belmont's in there and Dracula. Oh, okay. cool. Um, but they're on the premium pass or whatever. And there's, ah, okay. And there's the battle pass and the starter pass. Own, and freaking... If you own Bomberman R, you should unlock those things. The premium mode is like unlock all characters, and then there's the passes that yeah. give you the extra skins and costumes and stuff. What is a man? Um, but you know it's it's fine enough it's a little battle royale thing it's taking that format that's been getting done a whole bunch recently and it, it works well enough something about that Bomberman R design it does look beautiful <laughs> it is genuinely like one of those because so many games now are grey like they've got a very limited like palette to them mm. and when you see something so bright and poppy especially when you go from arena to arena you go from these lush I think it's interesting that the arenas are always the same it's always the standard Bomberman arena and it isn't like making different rooms, different style of arenas. I think they know full well that no one likes playing the conveyor belt ones and stuff like that. They just want to play regular green arenas. I I kept thinking that I'd seen the desert arena on a game. Maybe. Every time I've been in it, it's just been the plain green one. Uh, Maybe. 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 Because I've played a lot of Bomb Man R. 
Yeah. So I got into that. I've still got that. I, I sold the physical copy and got it when it was on sale for like a fiver. I just... Uh, also, update on... That was a again. long burp. Also, an update on my eShop buying when I when I probably shouldn't. Um, on Minutia. It's gone down to a fiver. On the Russian eShop. I mean, I know I own three copies on the PlayStation 2, but I'm thinking I need a fourth on the Switch. Of what? On Minutia? Onimusha. Onimusha. I know I own three copies of Onimusha. You still can't pronounce the name. <laughs> of the PS2. That's just Onimusha. 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 I can write it in Japanese if. I own all all the all four of the games for the PlayStation Two. Would you like to play one of them with me one day? No. Oh. If you had said no to the second, but yes to all the rest, that's the correct answer. But just flat. Which one with Jean Reno? The third one. Yeah. One of the best ones. He shoots things. Hello, I'm Jean Reno. I'm in Paris. Now I'm in Japan. And there's the one that's like Smash Brothers beat him up. Yeah, that's on the the Wii. Might be on the DS. Maybe on the no DS had tactics. Uh, no, Advance had tactics. Sorry, Onimusha Onimusha chat tactics on the on the DS. It was actually really good. It's a lot like um, Onimusha. Sorry, I'm gonna buy it on the on the Switch. Oh, because it's a fiver, and I've played for it a bunch of times. So I'm gonna play for it again. Uh, I really like that game. I've never completed the Battle Tower. There's a Battle Tower, and you get like a secret weapon if you complete it. I've never completed. Is it a sword? All right. Calm your tits down, all right? Bomberman. Nobody needs this. Oh, okay, you're Bomberman. Yeah, talk about Bomberman. I really like the music. Plays really well. Have you got it on the Switch or did you play it on the PC or PlayStation yeah, 4 or Xbox? Have you not tried it on any of the other consoles? No. PS5, it runs like a dream. Oh, yeah, it's Bomberman. <laughs> <laughs> How freaking fast reactions do you need for Bomberman? 60 frames per second, mate. Yeah, Woo! Yeah. Woo! Super Bomberman R Online. It's a game you can download. Give it a go, maybe. I don't yeah, know. It's better on better on PS. Do what you want. You PS5. know what? I've I've had enough of your <laughs> freaking attitude. Just do do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was on about with treating the audience <laughs> you, you, with you, contempt. You've had a sip of whiskey. You got chopsy as fuck. He's going for another one. Oh, we got to warn the audience. So they've got no, I ready. said at the start, you treat the audience with contempt. It's abuse at this point. Yeah. I know they like it. <laughs> All right. So is it my, my next review? Possibly, sure. I played... A, I, I I say I played. I watched another film. So I went to go see a movie expecting to be the oldest person in the room, but no, there are a bunch of perverts in this one. I went to go see Demon Slayer. Mugen trains... Oh, fucking blah, anime. Weeboo bullshit. Weeboo, oh. fuck you. Oh. See, get that? Weeboo, fuck you. Good little, Good little rhyme there. So, uh, Demon Slayer, if anyone doesn't know, is the story of a young man whose family is slaughtered by a demon. His sister is changed into a monster, but for some reason retains her humanity, or at least some semblance of it, and helps him slay monsters. He begins training with a secret group that use breathing techniques to to heighten their abilities so that they are able to fight the demons on their own terms, because the demons are super strong and super fast, and often have blood art magic powers. This movie is a follow-up to the first season, and it is an adaptation of the manga, um, which I read, um, and uh, and is the story of our group um, getting to a train to go and visit the fire Hashenda Hashienda. I can't remember the fucking titles of all this shit. Um, to go and visit the fire-breathing person he doesn't actually breathe fire, but he has the technique of. Fire, fire breathing, which is what they call the technique that they breathe to heighten their abilities. You don't want to breathe fire, it'll burn up your insides. Uh, and you tell that to circus folk. They breathe fire all goddamn day. 
And then breathe fire. And also, spit Charlie fucking... from from Always Sunny in Philadelphia is part dragon. He, he breathed fire in an episode. Spitting fuel. Are you saying that people with the ability to project fire out of their mouths aren't fire breathing? No. They're spitting lit fuel. I don't want to live in the world where you dictate what magic is and isn't. Fucking light a match and swallow it. (laughs) Tell me how you feel. So, yeah, so Demon Slayer, it's on a train. It's a bunch of people. They're all fighting to to save save the passengers because the passengers are under the control of a demon who doesn't allow them to sleep or dream. They are eternally awake. So this demon, what it does is it's a real Freddy Krueger. goes in your dreams, and the way that it, it tethers you to the reality, so the way that it uses these people it keeps awake the whole time, magic ropes are tied around the wrist of the dreamer and the dream invader, mm. and they have to travel to the outskirts of the world of your imagination inside your dream and stab a ball, which is the, which is the personification of your being, and kills you. Right? Right? You, got, you, you with me? You with me? Sounds like nonsense. It's complete nonsense, but you with me? Yeah, sure. Because you understood it. Is this... So it's not nonsense. As good as Yu-Gi-Oh! the movie. Yeah, it's better. This is actually... What? So this is a really solid film. I don't... You know, as a fan of the... As a fan of the manga, and I wasn't a massive fan of the anime, but as a fan of the manga, I was expecting this to fall into the same tropes as the anime, which was that it falls too heavily on those perverted anime characters they've got for comic relief. Um... But I actually found myself laughing in his scenario. So each of the each of the three main characters there is there is the main character. I I can't remember his name. I'm not even going to try and pretend that I do remember his name. Main character family died. His name's Tim. No, it's not. It's like Itsuki or something like that. I can't fucking remember. Um, they've got him. Suki. Something like that. Suki. Itsuki. Five dollar. No. Um, <laughs> it's him. There's a guy who wears a boar mask on his head at all times. Because he like has a style that's more like a beast than a man. He fights. Oh, I like the manga. I he like just like keeps keeps pushing stuff. himself. I can't the name of the main character. I haven't read it in fucking months. You can't. <laughs> he keeps pushing himself and pushing himself, and it's and he's his name's Natsuki. That's not even Natsuki. Hard. Jesus Sorry. Christ! I thought it was Itsuki. So um, and and he pushes himself, and he's he's a really really adept fighter, and he's sort of he's all passion and power. And then there's a third one who's the perverted character. Noises and. Uh, and he's this blonde dude who 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 um, he's crap at fighting. He's a coward, but his dad pummeled a single technique into his mind so much through an abusive practice of just beating him every time he got it wrong that he falls asleep randomly during battle and is just able to repeat this incredible technique. And it's the only thing he knows, and he can only do it when he's in this weird fugue state when he's half awake. And it's just it leads to some interesting confrontations. But um, but the thing is that that guy, the pervert guy, in his dream, he's just chasing women around. And so this yeah, this dude's in there, and he's like sneaking around. He's like, oh, "I found the edge of the dream," and it's just this big void with this with this glowing orb in the middle of it. And he he's walking towards you. Oh, I found I found the edge of his dreams. And suddenly you hear this, and he's like, "Wait, what the fuck? What was that?" And he's this, he's like, "What what the fuck is going on here? What is that noise?" And he's like terrified. And then suddenly the blonde dude just comes up behind him and goes doing in my dreams <laughs> and the guy's like, oh fuck and he's like he's like only women are in my imagination and he's like fucking chasing this dude around like a horror movie for a second oh, it was just dear. a well-framed little shot it was just it made me laugh just the fact that this fucking pervert is so committed to just being a fucking freak that he notices when there's another bloke in his imagination um 
But yeah, they all wake up and they fight the demon. There's like a big, subtext. Yeah. There's a big climax about on a train. It's really nice. It's well done. The effects are a bit janky, but like these sort of things, the animation's the key part and that looks great. Um, and there is a message to it. Like there is a, there's a good finale and it does lead into the next arc of the manga really, really well. Um, and it gives us some character growth. What's really good is that if I wasn't to have known the series before, your the little dreams they give you, it's a really good way of catching the audience up to the the actual motivations of these characters. It's a really interesting way to just so think. And in the manga, that was never the intention. This was a story arc, so this was like a chap, well, not a chapter, but this was several chapters of the manga. Like this was actually an arc. But in this, obviously, they have to treat it as a different thing because this is an entirely different medium to TV or manga. It's a film. It's it's a film sequel it's to a series. Four episodes strung together. <laughs> it's not. It, it Do is, they have a dance it, number at the end over the end? No, credits? no. What the fuck is the point? So, so yeah. So like the, those dreams, they use them as a way of just fortifying those characters. Like the the young man who lost his family. You, he's given his ideal life. He's given that dream life. And when he finally realizes that he has to get out, the only way he can get out is by fucking slitting his throat. Because the only way that he can escape the dream world is by killing himself in that. It's like rejecting that reality. And, like, he's literally, like, in the final battle, the thing keeps going, sleep. It has to, like, point its hand at you, and it whispers out this mouth it's got in its hand. It's like, sleep. And then, like, he goes to sleep. But then he's immediately just like, whoop, I'm back up. It's like, he's slitting his throat at a rate of knots in this dream world. Like, just wake up. He's just, that's the thing, just like, he has to keep, it's a spell. Like, he can project things that knock people out. And it's Have meant a nice to, snap. It's meant to knock you out for a few minutes, but obviously in, like, a really fast-paced battle, that's too much time. You'd just die. And so he keeps fucking going, like, he's just like, ah! and it's really interesting, especially on a train where he's like, they do, they use that space well. They actually use the the whole of the action set pieces really well because he keeps teetering towards the edge. Like, the whole point is that the guy's not constantly trying to put him to sleep when he's in the middle of the train. He's trying to get him as he, as he sort of has to duck around other attacks. And that's really well done. It's really interesting. I fucking enjoyed this. It was one of those films that it's it's not perfect. I think that if you don't like manga, anime, sorry, you're still not going to like this. It's the highest gross in film. It is. It's fucking ridiculous. It's done better than Avengers Endgame over there. But yeah, it's um, it's terrific. I really spend years making sure Studio Ghibli films get the friggin' well, they've highest grossing. No, they haven't. They have. Their the, films have been fucking great. The most recent ones apparently shit. Yeah, you're apparently shit. It's like one of those CGI ones though. No, it's good. It's, uh, animation's good. Looks nice. Apparently it's not very good. Yeah, the friggin' uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch or whatever it is, aren't they? Fucking... That wasn't that the game about... <laughs> that wasn't that a film about the gay guys? No. Who knows? It was about the AIDS crisis, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, I recommend this to Demon Slayer fans. If you're not a Demon Slayer fan, it's probably a pretty tough nut to crack, though they do their best. I think that there's going to be a lot of parents that go see this with kids, and they're surprised at how good this is. Isn't it really violent? No. What's the point, then? It's like a 12, isn't it? Freaking anime these days. No teeth. It's like a Pokemon. Pokemon the first movie. It's kind of like that in terms of how they do everything. I saw Pokemon the first movie. I in saw it cinema. Cinema. Yeah, I had yeah. the card. The Mew. Yeah, yeah I've got it somewhere. I sold I've, it. I had the Mew and then I had the VHS Mew. Oh. You know, they had two different ones. I had the DVD one. All right. You fucking Mr. Moneybucks. Moneybucks. <laughs> um, but I give this a Susan Sarandon. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I think there are some flaws in its... In its total runtime, as there are with Miss Sarandon's um, movie history, and also her uh, dating history, uh, Mr. Tim Robbins in that past. Uh, but I think that all What's in wrong all, with Tim? why do you hate Tim Robbins? I don't hate Tim Robbins. I'm just saying that motherfucker needs to be taken down a peg. That cunt's been riding high for too long. All right, Ant, your review. I was trying to look up Susan Sarandon. Anyway, demo time. 
Demo, demo, I'm demo. I'm playing time. the Disgaea 6 demo. Demo time? What have you been playing it on? Switch, because it's only on Switch. Alright. Um, Disgaea 6 is coming out next month. They released the demo on Switch, quite a sizable demo. Let's go through a couple of chapters. 262 sexual. Let's you do things. Um, they have changed some stuff from previous Disgaea games. Is it, uh, is it now uh, uh, action RPG? No, don't be stupid, you cock. Well, they haven't changed shit, have they? No. So, the story in this one is there's a giant overlord called the Overlord of Destruction. Again? Travelling around, destroying worlds, just constantly, because he's a dick. So far, so standard. And you play a guy who's got... He's got a team. Yeah. But you play a zombie called Zed, and he's yeah. got a little pug that helps him out, and the pug's got a little butthole and balls. Um, which you don't see too often, but sometimes you catch him. So, what you're telling me is this game for children? Yeah. But um, he turns up and he's like, I have defeated the Overlord of Destruction. And then he begins telling the story of how he did it. Yeah. Um, Is it all so, bullshit? Like it's like one of those things where he's made up. Maybe, you don't know. But so basically what's been happening is he's been constantly, he's got a spell on himself called Super Reincarnation. Yeah. It's a thing in Disguise is that, you know, you level up your characters, you do reincarnation, sends them back to level one, but they inherit the power they had. Yeah. Um, and he's cast some sort of spell called Super Reincarnation, so every time he dies, he comes back stronger than he was before. So he can just keep fighting the, again and again. He's died thousands of times, apparently. Yeah. Um, all sorts of destinies, doing it for some reason, something to do with a sister. You don't know exactly what it is in the I'm early chapters of the demo. To the man in the mirror. But he's going off to fight this overlord, and you get killed in the first chapter, and then yeah. start another chapter. You wake up in another world, because the overlord destruction is travelling between the worlds. Um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, that's the best, best basic premise. You're some zombie boy called Zed. Zombies are usually on the lowest rung of the ladder. Not re- not leaders, not main characters in Disguise games. But this guy retains his but, skills and but stuff. He's some sort of cool zombie dude with a horn. But um, yeah, they've they've changed some stuff. They've made leveling weird in this. It's you you level up when you finish a fight. Now you don't level up during combat. Um, the previous games always had it where whenever you do an action you get a little bit of XP so you can level up during the combat yeah um, it did lead to situations where certain classes of characters were trickier to level but they did tweak that over the years to make it so they weren't so bad because like in the first game um, a healer would only get XP when if you kill someone oh so you didn't get it from healing people oh that's fucked but in later games in the series they made it so any action gives you some sort of XP oh okay um, but this I've one played, I've already played Disgaea 5 yeah that was that's much later where they simplified it but this one simplified it even more it's just when you finish a round and you finish the battle everyone gets XP even if they died during battle oh that's cool um, and there's bonuses for say like killing the first enemy or doing the most damage or dying during the fight you might get a bonus for dying that sounds like a really good system um, but it's kind of turned leveling into this like less significant thing because you're leveling up a lot every single fight. Like the very first fight in the game, you go up like twenty odd levels. Oh, really? From the first fight, and it's tying into the story of this guy who's keep dying and reincarnating. And the game's encouraging you to keep reincarnating to become more and more powerful. Yeah. So the idea is is that you're gonna level up a shit ton, and then you reincarnate and keep getting stronger and stronger. It's basically taking the loop that was like a meta game in the previous games, and it seems to be turning it into the game. Yeah, but there's also other stuff they've tweaked, like the way geostones work is different. Instead of spiraling out from the central geostone, which allowed you to plan out exactly where they were going to hit the other geostone, soul puzzle thing, yeah, puzzle mechanic. Because this disguise the mechanics, the top of mechanics. Yeah. Um, now it goes out like a shockwave from the center in every direction, so you have to sit there and try and figure out which ones it's going to hit. 
first in a oh, different right. way to before. So there's a little bit more verticality to this. Where well, it just goes out sideways, like in all directions, rather than spiralling around it. Whereas before, you could line up your gems and think about, it's going to hit this one first, then this one, then this one. Yeah. In this one, you're going to have to stagger them differently so they hit in a wave. Okay. Um, and there's also this whole, the team, tag team attacks and stuff of different... Team attacks before was if you had someone to the so- either side of you within one space, yeah, and you did a team attack, it'd be two, three, four characters would bundle in. And there'd be a special animation for it. In this one, there's no special animation anymore. You just do the attack, and there's extra damage depending on if ping- things people are near you. Which, like, clean way of doing it. But I honestly spent ages thinking that I, there was an option that was switched off to stop showing team animations. But it's not. This is just how it happens now. Hmm. Um, you don't really you you get the little animation showing who's taking part in the team attack, but there's no extra animation, just the numbers higher. Yeah. But because your levels are shooting up, like in the demo, by the time you've done the first couple of levels, you're level 100. Mm. Like, those numbers don't mean as much as they did in the original ones, in the older so, games. But that's tied to the reincarnation mechanic. Yeah. Like, you're doing 18k damage right from the off. Whereas in the other games, it would be like oh, a slow progress. Like a mobile and, game. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like a gradual progress you feel your progress in strength like if you compare your character at the end of the game to the start you really feel a massive difference mm-hmm. whereas this it seems like what they're doing is they're making it so the numbers are practically insignificant um they have changed it so that team attacks work with anyone within two squares of you in any direction yeah so it does seem like it could be potentially possible to get your entire team involved okay which is quite neat and it also works on special moves which is quite interesting um, and special moves are quite nicely done. Um, the big departure for this game, though, is everything's in 3D now. No yes. 2D sprites. That's what I was going to so ask you about. 3D. Really nicely done cell shading. They look the part. like They look authentically like the 2D heart, heart anime drawings. But now the camera can move around them a bit more. Can you just stop pouring that shit out? Stop peeing in the bottle. Um, that's all in the mic. Why just be like this? Why are you such a clod? Continue. It's all 3D beautiful. No, no, you, you pour your friggin' baby drink out. Your friggin' hooch. And I mean that is in the hooch drink that was advertised to children. Oh, so good. So good, so refreshing. Really fucks you up, though. You're done now. Um, if yeah. you're lightweight. Yeah. So, 3D character art. Um, only thing is, um, despite there being three different sets of graphical settings on Switch, there's no smooth frame rate. Um, no matter what, the frame rate seems to be struggling, especially with camera movement, like when you're walking around the base oh, or fun. when you're moving the cursor around. Yeah. Um, there's a graphic setting which bumps up the resolution high, which looks like it's about 1080p. Um, there's a balance setting which sits in the middle and there's a performance setting. Performance setting is definitely around 720p. And there is times where when the camera zoomed out in the battle, like you start to lose a lot of the detail on the, on the, on the, on the, like cell shaded characters because they start getting jagged edges on things and like you know the the black lines in their hair start turning into a series of jagged bits um, which does kind of ruin the effect a little bit weird thing is like the PS4 version in Japan is out but we're not getting it over here we're only getting it on Switch over here does it have an English translation on it? yeah I don't know if the Japanese disc does but it more than likely will I don't know It's it came out in January over there we oh. like yeah um it's just really odd that they're only releasing the Switch version over here and there's no plans for the PS4 version. Unless they're holding the PS4 version off as like a, you know, a collector's edition with all the DLC that'll inevitably come out for it in one go and then release it then. Yeah, they do like their Ultimate Editions of Disguise over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
even with performance mode, like the frame rate stutters a bit when you move around. Weirdly, during the big special effects heavy super moves, it doesn't. Yeah. They're fine. Um, but it's the moving around on the battlefield. It's a bit yeah. awkward. But, I mean, I'm giving it its chance. Like, it does feel different to other Disgaea games. There's something about the selecting your characters and moving around that feels different. They're definitely trying to push into 3D, but it feels like like how Disgaea 3 was like a half step between generations. Oh, okay, yeah. Because Disgaea 3 on the PS3, like, went widescreen, went HD, but the sprites were still like the PS2 version sprites. In this one, they're going 3D and stuff, but they're putting it on a system that can't seem to handle it fully. Losing some of its charm, it sounds yeah. as well. But, I mean, if that whole stuff about the Switch Pro thing is true, whatever, so it should be called Super Nintendo Switch. Um, if if it's true about this whole Super Switch Tendo, if it's true about that, then I imagine it'll be no problem at all. And the graphics, will be, it's definitely like a bottleneck in the graphics that's causing it. It's not like some terrible coding error or anything. Could it be that it's uncapped? Yeah, it feels like it. Like the performance mode, it seems like it can hit sixty, but it is fluctuating all over the place. So they should have probably capped it at thirteen, kept it at seventy. Yeah, twenty. yeah, maybe nine hundred when yeah. it's docked. But um, friggin. Yeah, I just want to know why there's no run, PS4 version over here, because the PS4 run, version would run super smooth. Well, it can run Doom. The Switch can run Doom. Yeah. It shouldn't have any issues yeah. with this. It, it can run a a version of Doom, the Tiger Electronics version of Doom. No, look, come on now. That <laughs> Doom port is impressive. I played through it, just because you didn't like it. I couldn't play it. <clears throat> I couldn't play it. It, was just, it. it looked wrong, and it felt wrong. It's because you're a racist. No, it's because I played the real version it's you're a racist. on PC. I am still really curious about Doom Eternal. I would like to one day play Doom Just Eternal on Switch. No, it's like Just waste 50, your money on all quid. sorts of stuff. Says the man who's trying to buy inflatable men. I bought inflatable men. No, and they they're are, going in the bin. They are genderless. They're going in the bin. Why are they going in the bin? Because I'm not having them in the house. They're spooky. They're not spooky. Why it's not even not? Halloween. I mean, it doesn't need to be. Oh my God. Every day Why are you Halloween. buying sex dolls? Not sex dolls. They don't have holes for stuffing. They have a zip. <laughs> I'm going to pee. Can I pee? No. Can we pause this for a second? No. Because we've only been recording for an hour. No. I'm going to be really quick. I'm going to go pee. Fuck's sake. Pause it. Why do I have to pause it? Okay, after that brief intermission, I'm back. Is Did you finish your review of the Disgaea demo? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. You feel like the you feel like the performance could be a lot better. You're concerned the performance is bad. You wish the PS4 version was coming over here. You're quite annoyed that we're only getting the Switch version. But if the Switch Pro is true, then you're quite quite excited about the prospect of that as a console. Is that right? Cool. I'm glad I got that one right. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess my last review. My final review. Ever. Already. Yeah. Last episode. I feel like I should talk about this for at least 40 minutes now. No. Um, okay. Well, and I've had an exciting week trying to get stuff to review or well, tried to find something to review. You do nothing but sit and stare so, at stuff all week. Camp Cretaceous. Season oh, four was out. Season three was out, sorry? Three? Yeah, this this week. So we I started, started last year. But I haven't finished watching it. I've got one episode left to go, so I haven't watched that. I was going to watch Cruella, but I couldn't bring myself to watch that. Um, you just paid like 30 quid to watch that on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, but I didn't watch that. And just watch 101 Dalmatians. It's on there. And I was going to review Near Reincarnation, the Android game for um, the new Android game. They've released the one about the androids. Yeah, yeah. Nia, Nia, Nia. Sorry, Nia Reincarnation, which is a new game. I've been invited to do the beta of that. I've been playing that. It doesn't run great, and I've not really made a dent in it. It seems like it's quite. There's quite a lot going on to it, so couldn't review that. And then I tried Dragon Quest. What are you reviewing? 
And Dragon Quest Tactics is good, but again, it, I just haven't really made as big a dent as I like. There's energy and all that other stuff, so you don't really get it. Of course, there is mobile games as quickly as you like. And I even gave Disguise Mobile a ga- mobile a game that you that you were talking about. Disguise RPG. Yeah, it's uh, quite good, but again, just haven't given it as much time as I'd like. So uh, I'm going to review Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. No, that's what you was thinking. Of course, this fucking hell. <laughs> freaking... I'm trying to build up. I'm going to review the obvious thing I watched. You won't shut up about it. Film's terrible. That whiskey's gone straight to your anger. (laughs) You're like like a dad after Christmas. To me, drinking an adult drink. (laughs) So sassy. I didn't realise your whiskey came with extra sass, Anne. Um... Yeah, so Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's newest film, released on Netflix by a man who credits himself as director of photography, but I feel like he just supplied the Vaseline, because this thing is out of fucking focus. What is going on? Anyway, so uh, so to give a brief background, I was very excited about this film a couple of weeks ago, then I saw it, and I'm less, less excited at the prospect of any more films in this universe. Um, so yeah, so Army of the Dead is a story of a ragtag group of people who are tasked with going and breaking into a casino mm. vault to commandeer some money. The only problem is that Vegas, where the casino is located, is now a zombie-infested nightmare, which has been cordoned off from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Some people make small trips into the land, into the uh, into the sort of the deadlands, to go and uh, to go and steal money from some of the businesses on the outskirts, so that they can pay people to leave a camp that they're situated on the outskirts of the massive walled city. Um, but but for the most part, people do not travel in and out there. Um, it's because it's full of zombies. Because it's full of zombies. So it's up to Dave Batista and his group of friends to break... Atlantic in. City is now the big, like, casino. Is it? Well, I mean, it's the one they always say on TV shows, isn't it? Atlantic City. All the sitcoms, they always used to go to Atlantic City because they couldn't afford a, an appropriately large Vegas set. Friends went to Vegas. Yeah, Friends had a budget. Oh, that's true. But King of Queens, Everybody Loves Raymond, friggin' all those shows, they always made up Atlantic City. Wasn't Atlantic City? Because all they had was, like, the biggest set they could get was, like, the size of a regular room. (laughs) Ha! I never thought about that. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, so uh, this is a film by Zack Snyder. Um, If it was by anyone else, it could have been done better. Uh, But it wasn't. It was by Zack Snyder, so it's not good. Not good. Uh, But, and I'm going to say it's quite... I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be careful with this. I didn't mind it. It was, and I'm gonna get real close to the mic to say this. It was fine. <laughs> it's not the best zombie film ever made, as some people have proclaimed on Twitter. It's not the best zombie film Zack Snyder's made. <laughs> <laughs> I love the anger. I love this. Keep the passion. Um, so I, we're gonna do this a little bit differently today. I'm gonna to talk about a couple of bits. There's a massive track record that every bit of creative control Zack Snyder has, his films get worse. So, so the less he has, the better. I would argue that this is better than Sucker Punch. Anything's better than Sucker Punch. <laughs> Being Sucker Punched is better than Sucker Punch. I would say this is better than 300 and Watchmen. <sighs> Watchmen's better. So I just want to quickly. So I'm just gonna say this is gonna be a little bit different. So. So, my interaction with Army of the Dead, I watched it, and then following that, I wanted to have a look online and see what people's opinions were. And I have seen the hottest of hot takes. Someone online said, I used to love Shaun of the Dead. I used to love Dawn of the Dead, and they put in brackets 1974 and 2006, or whatever it was. And then... 1978. Is it 78? Yeah. And, uh... In 2003. Was it 2003? Mm. 
God, I was three years. I was three years wrong on both. Old. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would be a fetus right now on the mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking homunculus. <laughs> All right, don't start getting on that. Um, so You're yeah, homunculus. So, <laughs> and then and then finally at the bottom it said, "Move over, ghosts of Mars." I have a new favourite zombie movie. Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, so I just... Are those the only five films he's ever seen? Four. Oh, no, I'm in the dead. dead. You're right, yeah. Five. Um, I, I just... For me, this was this was good in sections and bad in other sections. There are bits I like about this, but it falls through for every Zack Snyder trap. Like, women are, are often killed in ways that are degrading, the way that, you know, action is... Like... It's the same problem that I have with The Walking Dead. Like, how does a zombie sneak up on someone? Well, it doesn't. It can't. They're always making noise and shambling and knocking into shit. But when you need them to be dead silent, they're fucking ninjas. Um, Ninja zombie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are bits... They're wearing this- sneakers. So, like I said, this is this film is okay. They're wearing sneakers. I heard you. I ignored it. Uh, this, film is, joke. this film is okay. It's not the best film ever. It's not the worst film ever. It's not even the worst film that Zack Snyder's directed. It is fine. I get that people are excited and there are big snacks. Snack, snacks. Excited for Army of the Dead. Loads of people were. I was excited. The people get excited for a Poundland sale. That's what, yeah. that's the sort of people get excited so for. Army the of reason the Dead. I got excited for this is, and I don't know if you see this, but the shots in the trailer aren't shot in the same way as the shots in the film. For some reason, in the trailer, a lot of the scenes that have uh, pulled focus are just all in focus, like a film would be. So the scene's in focus. You can see the scene. You can see everything around it. Whereas in the film, the centre of the screen is in focus and characters are always within the centre of the screen. Unless there is a shot where you have two characters you need to focus on. Because someone accidentally put the the vignette too high and they couldn't figure out how to remove it. Actually, guess who the director of photography was? Zack Snyder. Yes. And guess what Zack Snyder hasn't studied? Anything. Photography. Batman Um, comics. (laughs) Um, Superman comics. But I don't want to be entirely negative, so I'm going to talk about some of the stuff I enjoyed about this, right? I'm going to go full spoilers, because everybody knows that they don't make it. That's the whole fucking point. It's a Zack Snyder film. No one makes it. If someone makes it, usually they make it, and it's like, oh no, they've ended everything. And like, that's it. That's the truth of this. You're right, you know what you're getting. It's a Zack Snyder film, you're not going to be surprised. But there are a couple of things I was surprised by. One, Garrett Dillahunt is in this. Who? He's the guy... Have you watched any of Fear of the Walking Dead? No. Do you remember Looper? Nah. I remember it, but he's not one of the main... Do you remember Sarah Connor Chronicles? No. Do you remember... You're talking about a B-list actor that no one gives a shit about. He's in a load of shit, though. Yeah, And he's not B-list. He's actually... Dwight Schultz. Who? Dwight Schultz. Fucking Mad Dog Murdoch from friggin' 18. Who? And Barkley in Star Trek Next Generation, Jesus Who? Christ! Anyway, one of the greatest actors. He has he has screen. he has a phenomenal death scene. Oh, does he get eaten by zombies? No, zombie tiger. He mentions at some point that it's not right. And oh, no... the bit that goes on for fucking ever. Yeah, that's kind of fucking vicious. I know that people are saying that it doesn't need to last as long as it does, but it's kind of the only scene that shows how vicious this shit can be. Like, everything else in the film, like, someone gets bit, they're like, oh, no, I've been bit, I'm going to blow myself up, or I'm going to shoot myself in the head, or kill me, or whatever. Like, in this, it's a person who's entirely on their own in this horrible wasteland where they're just being torn to pieces by a creature Mm -hmm. that is just, that's all it does in life. That's what it's going to do in this. 
The only thing it doesn't need is, at the end, his head is cracked open. I'd much rather, because tigers don't really do that. They drag their prey off, they knock it out and drag it off, and then the kids eat it. You know, like, or or they knock it, drag it off, and they eat it. They don't crack the skull. That's a bear thing to do. It's a zombie tiger, though. I know, but it's still, it's one of those things. And it's not like it's doing it to eat the brains. It just literally cracks the skull and then walks off. But, um, but yeah, it's... It's because Zack Snyder wanted to see a tiger eat a guy's head. Yeah. The scene itself, though, like, it gets... He thought about it, had a wank, and then asked if he could put it in his film. It gets him by the angle. like, please, can you wash your hands first? And the actor, the actor... You know, I don't know if it's him, and then they've CGI'd uh, they've CGI'd his face onto onto his body, or if it's a stunt guy or whatever. Like, but he is really fucking getting flung around by this thing, and that's what I mean by vicious. Like, it's a powerful, and you sort of get the idea of this powerful thing. Whereas when it comes to the the main antagonist, which is this zombie king, his superpower is he's a little bit smarter and faster and stronger, and he wears a metal mask over the top part of his head. And then when it comes to the actual fight that he has with two characters in like a hallway, Conan the Zombarian. Yeah, he takes off the fucking metal mask, mm. and they just go, "Yeah, I'm gonna fist fight you." They're like, "Oh, come on in!" And it's it's one of those things where I was just like, "Oh no, oh no." The zombies themselves, like, there are some rules to it, but they don't really work. So it's the traditional: you got to shoot them in the head, or you know, fuck up the brain, the 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 spine. To kill him, you know, like in the in the walking in shoot with silver bullet, stake for the heart. <laughs> no, like in like in not living dead. It's like you got to remove the head or destroy the brain, right? Mm-hmm. In this, you remove the head. The head's still alive, so it's return of the living dead rules, kind of, but they're fast. And there's a really interesting scene when they first get into the area where all the dead things are. There are all these crusty, dried out husks that look like they're crawling and. St- clawing towards the, the, the containers and they're fucking these raggedy skeletal human beings entwined in this massive big pile mm. and the woman goes they're only like that because they were stupid enough to get in the sun so they've sort of like dried and cooked in this Nevada desert also like vampires no they're not dead she yeah. says that if it rains they sort of reactivate and so when I heard that I was like oh there's going to be this fucking awesome scene in which like these rat king versions of zombies these twisted humans are like fucking breaking away and crawling towards people. That's a good effect. That's a good idea. What happens? Bone dry. <laughs> the whole movie. Not once do we see a drizzle. Fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like rain then, isn't gonna freaking. I know. Remoisturize. I know. I know. Corpse. I know. But there's a semblance of an idea. If anything, there. it'd make the and flesh drip off the bone. There's a semblance of an idea here. <sighs> And it wasn't used. Um, also, also, uh, Zack Snyder. Um, what were you thinking, mate? There's um, so there was some publicity around the script before it was made because Zack Snyder announced that there would be scenes in which zombies rape women, <sighs> like in that adventure, uh, adventure twins, hentai movie, <sighs> and uh, and he was like, yeah, 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 the fucking zombies are raping the women, mate. And I was thinking to myself, what's Zack Snyder doing? What's he doing? He's obsessed with zombie babies. What's he doing? Why is he doing this? Um, and there comes a scene in which a zombie is pregnant with a baby. And the zombie gets killed and then the person who impregnated the zombie is like, because he's a zombie. Like sad noises, right? And, uh, and there are scenes in which women are put in rooms by zombies. Like he's controlling all these zombies, obviously. So 
the, the zombie king. And he's he's keeping women in this room. And the implication is that he's having sex with them to impregnate them with zombie babies. And they're then catching the disease that causes zombieism and then they're becoming zombies. And he's hoping they're going to raise his child, which would theoretically be dead. So why would it grow? But anyway, so... Zack Snyder left that shit in, didn't he? Like, he cut out the, the lines that completely tell us that's what's happening. But he left the scenes of the pregnancy in... He left the scenes of the dead fetus, the zombie fetus in, like, you know, like, he left in the shit leading to that. He didn't change, he didn't try and adapt it, he just left it in. And it's like that lazy level of, like, look, mate, just remove it. What's the fucking point? Because it doesn't really add anything to the story. You could say that at some point, like, it is key to one character's reason for being there that there is a character that's in a room. And that's the time limit. But you could have just as easily had that person locked in a supply cupboard or something. And had that be the ticking time bomb. Like, oh, the zombies are going to eventually find them. They're locked in this... Zombies are known for their um, search skills. Well, no, but there's meant to be a nuke dropped on Uh. Las Vegas. So, like, eventually she will have to leave. And, like, they're like, oh, we've got to find her. She's got, like, a tracking bracelet on her or something. Because that's how they get around the fucking... You know, you you could add in notes of a story in there. And be like, I'm not here for the money. I'm here to rescue these women that got trapped here. Okay, fine. Whatever. That's fine. That's great. And they get there and they open it and she's maybe a zombie. Maybe she's not a zombie. Maybe she's fine and they take her and they save her. Like, it doesn't matter. But add some, you know, some idea of something. Because, you know, you're not reinventing zombies if you're making them rapists. You're just giving them, you're giving them, like, aspects of villains for traditional media. Just making rapists have a skin condition. (laughs) Like, it's just strange. It's really fucking weird. Because Zack Snyder's terrible. He doesn't think about anything for more than four seconds. Dave Bautista is is pretty great in this, though. The standout is that Dave Bautista gets to be both a physical presence, but then also he does some acting in there. Um, it's a bit of a shame that there's not more development between him and his daughter, because she's one of the people that goes in eventually. Um, and also his love interest. Again, they're not really given room to, to develop as characters, but... His his response to stuff it like it gives you the idea that there was more to the script, like more pathos to the scenes, and more in, information there for them, which is a bit of a shame. Um, there's a really good scene in which they're having to navigate. So the zombies are sort of like because there's no food source, they go into like an almost hibernation where they just stand, a bit like clickers in like The Last of Us and stuff like that. And so they have to navigate between them, but they have to try and make as little noise as possible. Like the bit in Silent Hill, a bit like the bit in Silent Hill with the nurses. Uh, but the way they do it is they have these glow sticks. So he's marking a map like through where they're going and which direction they're going in. And one character is like a cunt and he's trying to get the group wheedled out because he's there for an ulterior motive. This is this is Tiger Guy. And someone mentions like, you're a fucking rat. Burke. What? Burke. What do you mean? Like from Aliens. Yeah, like Burke. Basically Burke from Aliens. There's, there's a lot of aliens in here. Um, but basically, he takes he takes a little glow sticks that that uh, Dave Bautista's using to mark the ground, and he just chucks it down a different corridor mm-hmm. and fucks her. I kept thinking she was going to survive because she has a pretty good action scene. One of the things I will say is that a couple of action scenes are really well shot, but she has a pretty good action scene where she's literally changing between knife and pistols, and it's mostly mostly long shots. It's not like quick cut horrible action. It's like a lot of like long shots of her like actually taking these zombies down. And she seems very adept at, like, handling herself. And you kind of, you get a sense that she's on the team for a reason, but then she's immediately killed. And, like, no other character shows that same level of, like, 
that level of uh, fortitude or capacity to, to actually fight back against them. But does Dave Bautista powerbomb a zombie? No, I wish he did. Mm. I wish he did. Does he clothesline one? No. No. He does He does a really weird move where he's jumping across tables and firing his gun and getting headshots of almost every bullet because it's a Zack Snyder film. Yeah, headshots uh, are cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like, it just... Stop giving these people money if they only have half an idea. No, Zack Snyder's a friggin' white male director. He fails upwards. Yeah, that's true. What? So, um, Dieter, who... J.J. Abrams is getting a Superman film. I reckon he's a rapist. And, uh, you know, that's after friggin' Rise of Skywalker. Yep. I reckon he's a rapist. I reckon he's... he's... What, J.J. Abrams? Yeah. No, he's just rubbish. Don't you not? Do you not I think get his like, biggest crime is being bad at his job? Do you not get Brian Singer vibes from him? No, he's got the same sort of directory. That's the problem. He's like charting the same lines of success. No, no. X Men is Star Wars for JJ Abrams. Um, but yeah, so um, because Brian Singer actually cared about X Men, he cared about X Men because it got him close to school kids. Right, got him close to the guy who played. Yeah, exactly. Bobby's don't don't fucking start. Iceman's like, brother. Scumbags. Um, so yeah, so. I can't really, I can't really say anything too positive about it because it's so bland. Um, but yeah, so um, there is a there is one particular relationship that I liked. So there's a safe cracker relationship Dieter. between the last seconds of the film and the end credits starting. Yeah. There's a character called Dieter that's a safe cracker, and he's like a comedy yeah. relief. He's like he is just like a silly character who's who's not really prepared for this, but he's sort of like he's there because he can he can open the safe. He has a really good relationship with the God, I can't remember his fucking name. They all have weird names, so bear with me one second. Just who cares? But they have a really good playful relationship. Like, mm. like they they have only like just... splashing water at each other <laughs> and stuff. And... Well, no, they've only they've only just met. But like, basically, Dave Bautista is like, "You stick with this guy," and they genuinely feel like they have a friendship building as the film goes on. They feel like mm. they're connecting through like getting all this shit done, and then Dieter makes a move that basically ends his life but saves the other guy. Oh. Um, that's gay subtext for, for Zack that's, Snyder that is gay subtext for Zack Snyder but mm. when you're watching it as someone who is a normal completely normal human being it comes across as a really close friendship between two guys not a homosexual relationship as is probably implied by Zack Snyder it is just two guys who are genuinely friends who Dutch rudder from time to time <laughs> Uh, but it, it it is a little bit sad when they say goodbye. It's a little bit sad when that happens. And I was interested into as why uh, into why that Vanderhoe, 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 weird name. That's his name in the film. They call him Van. Isn't it a Dutch name? Maybe. No, that's Dieter. Dieter's the Dutch guy. Dieter's a German name. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking. You don't Zach, know Dutch. It's Zack Snyder. Yeah. It's Zack Snyder. And hmm. it's Zack Snyder. He made this. Um, but yeah, Van and Dieter, they, they sort of have this nice little, nice little back and forth, this nice little, like, they have a good bit of chemistry. And then when that happens, it was just a bit, but it was, it was definitely one of those moments where you're like, why aren't you on the other side of the door when you close a safe? Like, why do you have to be outside to close a safe? Why does that make any fucking sense? Like, it's a massive safe door. As soon as you start pushing it, it's going to start closing. Just be on the inside. If you're on the inside, you run out of air. No, they don't. Because money. And Zack Snyder made this movie. Oh. Um, and then a nuke goes off and the person in the, in the safe just opens it. He's like, oh, milk. Cool. Safe with milk. Yeah, probably. It'll turn into a hot box. Well, it's not fridge, is it? Um, no. no, fridge would be fine. Spoilers for the end of this film. You already said spoiler. You were, right at the start, you were like, everyone dies. Yeah. 
One person survives. Oh, you've ruined it. I spoiled my spoiler. Um, of course, it's Batista's daughter. She, The woman she was planning to save dies, but she survives. Her whole reason for going in is moot because the person dies anyway. Well, she lives because Zack she... Snyder's daughter didn't. Fuck. And <laughs> I mean... Are we cutting that out? No. Are you keeping that in? Yeah. God, you're a prick. <laughs> That's that's worse than almost. Do you think Zack Snyder was going to kill the daughter character? That's worse than in his first every... movie. Stop trying to dig a hole. He wasn't going to dig do up, it. stupid. <laughs> it's that's worse than every joke. Dig me. up. <laughs> it's a Simpsons joke. <laughs> do you know? Do you know, remember they, the cat burglar played by Sam Neill, and they've got X below the two palm trees, and they start digging. They're really deep down, and, and Homer goes. We'll dig our way out. And Chief Wiggum goes, no, dig up, idiot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's... Yeah, so she survives. And then Van, it turns out, was bitten by the head zombie. So he pays all this money on... Somehow he doesn't immediately transform like everyone else. So he pays all this money. He uses the money that he stole from the safe to get a private jet and flies over. And they're like, soon you'll be in... I think it is Atlantic City, actually, talking about it. Um, and soon we'll be in Atlantic City. And he's like, he's like, I don't feel so good. I'm going to go to the bathroom. He checks out. He's like, oh, I got bit. <laughs> even, though, even though the whole time he's been walking around. And he walks for hours because it goes from night to day. Like, the whole time he's been walking around, he hasn't shown any signs of infection. He's only now just showing signs of Maybe infection. Maybe she bit him. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and the whole time he's worn his scarf so he has a scarf around his neck for most of it by the time that he's actually the scarf is like draped over his shoulder like a bit of like armour in an RPG so he's like covering the bite like he knows it's there and he's just pretending to he's like it's like oopsie but yeah so it's hinted at that he's going to be the next zombie king and like he's going to continue to spread the virus he does have an Omega sign like like branded into his chest like a tattoo which I kept thinking was just like a thing because Zack Snow's Justice League. Darkseed. Side. Darkseed. And he's got the Omega symbol. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just just bad character designed by Zack Snow, you know. Because so, he's got one idea. He doesn't have any ideas. So yeah, so well, depending on depending on how intelligent you are, you've got to have a real high IQ to think this is the best zombie movie ever. It's better than Ghosts of Mars. It's better than Ghosts of Mars. It's better than Shaun of the Dead, don't you know? In terms of a zombie movie, it's better than Shaun of the Dead, don't you know? Fuck Dawn of the Dead. Fuck Dawn of the Dead, they say. Dawn of the what, they said. And then Zack Snyder said, but not Day, that's banging. Mm. <laughs> I love Day. <laughs> the worst one of the trilogy. Um, so yeah, so uh, it's it's a real David Spade. It's not quite a Rob Schneider. It's not quite an Adam Sandler. But it is a David Spade. It's... It just... Watch any other zombie movie. That's what I'd like to say. It's I'd like to say, watch Night of the Creeps and see what actual subtext looks like in a horror movie. Not just subtext, but multi-layered movie making in which there are subjects handled in and out of scenes without people directly talking about what's fucking happening. I mean, come on. And your review. Army of the Dead. Yeah. Fuck it. Oh. way to the... Army of the Dead. I watched Ultraman Mebius. What? Ultraman Mebius. Mebius. Two thousand six Ultraman series. So this was the anniversary series for Ultraman, mm. like the forty fifth anniversary. Yeah, fortieth anniversary. Fortieth anniversary because it's the fifty fifth this year. Um, and basically the premise is that this is set in the same universe as the original show were. Mm. 
series. Yeah. The run that ran from like the 60s through to the 80s. Mm. Um, and it would, like there's been other Ultraman series after that, but they're always set in their own universe, like a reboot every year, like Super Sentai. Yeah. Whereas before they were all in the same Earth, same world. Um, and basically the, the idea is there's a new Ultraman on Earth. First one has appeared for 20 some odd years. The humans in the pre- meantime have been building themselves up to be able to defend themselves from alien threats and monsters and stuff, because it's quite a common thing. Um, they had like tons of Ultramans protect them in the past. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Ultramans killed all the monsters and that's why they hadn't been in a few years, but who knows? But something is making monsters appear again. Something is calling monsters to Earth and alien threats or making them come out of the ground because apparently they just live under the ground now. Um, and, you know, that's that's the show. Mirai is Ultraman Mebius, and he actually is in this one. It's not a thing where the Ultraman... Because normally an Ultraman bonds with a human mm. and the human uses some device to become Ultraman. Yeah. And it's like they swap... It's like they exist in different dimensions. So, like, the Ultraman, because he's like a 50-foot giant, like, normally he exists in another dimension and when he and he uses the human as a tether point sort of oh, thing. Oh, it's like four. It's a quantum thing. So, like, like when he uses the device, boom, the Ultraman appears yeah, and then the human becomes the thing that exists in a quantum He takes the stuff place. and clacks it down. But in this one, it's different because Mirai actually is Ultraman. <gasps> he is... That is all this. There's no secondary... No other personality there. He is Ultraman, although there is some plot twist that comes up later about why he chose this particular human form. And he joins a team called Guys. That's the team that have been protecting the Earth from aliens all yeah. around the world. There's Guys Japan. There's like an underwater team. There's Guys Spacey yeah. who deal with space stuff. Oh, and I thought you were going to say, you say they attack Kevin Spacey on a regular basis. Well, someone has to. Um, but there's like around the world. Although everything just seems to happen in Japan. Yeah. Um, and the basic thing, yeah, monsters turn up, Mirai fights him, he, he puts together a team, and it's a weird team. It's sort of like, this is a bit of a strange team. You've got like a football player mm. who's um, some international star who's like sort of fallen out of favour. He's not as popular now. Are you sure you didn't watch Born it's to Fight? George. Um, there's a motorbike lady. Who's, yeah, you watched Her Born goal to is to become the best motorbike, you and know, become the, the first woman. to the village and they've no, got a nuclear weapon. No, that's Team America. That's Born to Fight. Um... And he's also, there's like a guy who's a doctor who's an expert on biology and stuff, so he's going to be there to, you know, tell you what the monsters are. And a girl who's a, a um, school teacher, kindergarten oh, teacher, cool. yeah, or nursery teacher. Um, and Mirai sees that they all have the qualities they need. And so he basically kind of pulls them away from their promising careers um, and makes them join this military organisation. Um, and they bond over the course of the season. And the whole season is basically... The thematics of the season is that, you know, it's okay, you can work as a team, it's okay to ask for help, you know, working together we are stronger, that sort of thing. Um, and what kind of makes it stand out is that Ultraman doesn't just win battles solo. A lot of the Ultraman series, there's always the human characters, but it always starts feeling a bit like the humans aren't really effective in the slightest, and Ultraman just comes in and saves the day, because when they fail... Like, they'll send off the first fleet and they'll get their ass kicked and then Ultraman turns up to do the actual saving. But Mebius, he gets his ass kicked constantly. He's kind of shit on his own, to be honest. Um, <coughs> like, the the father of all Ultramen keeps trying to call him back home, saying, yeah, there's some real threats coming up and you're not quite good enough for it, so get back home, rookie. Mm. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay on Earth and protect the people because they're my friends and all this, and power of friendship. Um I know, everyone. but that's how the show works, and the, you know he'll be like fighting the monsters, but 
he'll need the teamwork of the other members. They'll work as a coordinated unit. Mm. They don't know he's Mebius for a lot of it. So for the first half of the series, they're just about getting by through like circumstance and just things working out. Obviously, Mirai knows whatever their plans are, but he has to find a way of you know disappearing from the battle so he can turn into Ultraman without them noticing. Um, but unlike a lot of Ultraman series, and this is the first Ultraman series that does did it, it was a major. It was actually quite a big deal, apparently. Yeah. Um, he reveals who he is halfway through the series. Is that like a no-no in the Ultraman universe? Yeah, normally it keeps it a secret, but it's sort of... The thing is, is that the theme of the series is about working as a team. Yeah. And you can't work as a team if one of you isn't telling the rest of the team, you know, if you're not working as a full unit and utilising all your skills. If one of you is an Ultraman and the rest of the team don't know it, you can't formulate your strategies. Yeah. In the way you would want so to. So, what are the rest of the team in this guy's? Group? They've got like this spaceships and stuff. They oh. the ships can combine together. So, like they're they're more like Thunderbirds. Yeah, they got yeah. all sorts of tricks. Um, they can even turn their entire massive base into a ship, um, which does lead to a brilliant start of the following episode where they're cleaning up all the mess inside the ship from where they flew around, <laughs> picking all the ornaments up and glasses and putting them back on the shelves and everything, and the coffee maker and everything. Because I was like, that's going, that's going everywhere. <laughs> it's like in the next episode, oh, yeah. it starts off with them cleaning. Spray it down. Yeah. Um, but no, they, they after that, they start working as a full proper unit. And it kind of feels like a bit like a Super Sentai series because they're formulating strategies together. Um, and at, at its worst, the show is like... The worst episodes are like pretty damn good episodes of TV. Um, there's a whole bunch of callbacks to previous seasons. There's monsters from previous, from the old show eras coming back. Um, random Ultramans from the those show where seasons will turn up. They get quite a few of the original cast back as well, which is pretty neat, considering some of them are like 70 mm. by the time this series was on. Um, do they suit up? Yeah, but it's like a stunt actor, isn't it, when he's Ultraman? Yeah, like, yeah. They, have to, you know, they just need to do... A, they don't even have to do the voice, because when he's Ultraman, no one can understand him. He talks Ultraman language. Um, he's like, um, Really nicely paced out, really clever callback stuff done, where there's like a moments earlier in the series which pay off way later. Than you'd expect. Mm. Um, like he shows Konami, the girl who's the um, school teacher. Um, she's having a crisis of confidence, and he teach. He says uh, he puts gets her glasses, and he goes dwa and puts them on her face, makes this noise dwa, and he says, "I've heard Ultra because he doesn't know he's Ultraman at this point." And he's like, "Oh, this is like something Ultramans do for confidence," <laughs> but it's referencing an older Ultraman. I think it's Ultraman Leo or yeah. Ultraman eighty, where his transformation device was a pair of glasses, and he put them on. And Dwar is like the sound Ultraman made. Oh, okay, yeah. But that yeah. comes back later in the series when she connects with that Ultraman. And there's like this whole, like the finale, the finale arc is fantastic. Mm. Um, there's been this villain, this interdimensional villain from a previous series. He's building up like he's the main villain, but he's also got some other villainous buddies. And you get this series of episodes where the team can't work together for some reason or another. Yeah. Like there's one where the, all the human guys get crashed, crash on the moon. And Ultraman's having to fight on his own. Or one where Ultraman gets, like, Mebius gets frozen in a dam. Like, he gets stabbed through the chest and he's stuck in the dam. And the water's been frozen all around him. Yeah. So he can't get out. So they have to find a way of freeing him. And each of those episodes involve one of the old Ultramen sort of giving him the key to victory. Yeah. In some way. Like, they don't... The old Ultramen fight at the end. But they don't... They have this whole, we need the humans to figure it out for themselves thing going on. So they only have to hire their actor for two scenes. (laughs) Um... But it's like a Trials of Ultraman period of four episodes. Yeah. Where he's going through something each week and the team have to improvise and figure out how to work the best of their abilities when members of the team are out of action. Yeah. 
Um, and then the last three episodes is like, it's basically like a continuous three episode story. And it is like one of the best finales of any tokusatsu show I've ever watched. Mm. Like, even manages to pull off a rare thing. You know, like how Dragon Ball Z would drag out a fight for fucking ages and it yeah, always yeah, sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, it manages to pull off an entire final episode, which is almost nothing but a fight, but yeah. it pulls it off in the most fantastic way. Huh. Like, it fills the escalation, the tension, the shit going down. Yeah. Like, it starts off with robots all around the world in the first episode, and Ultraman's basically, he's fighting them and he's doing the worst techniques that end up making him weak, mm. but they keep reappearing, so he has to keep. Even though he's injured, he has to keep coming back. Pushing, yeah. Teamwork together. There's a second episode which builds up more of that. And then the last episode has a whole bunch of random characters he's helped through the series turn up to, you know, as like, hey, we're here to help Ultraman because he's our friend and he's our real hero and all this sort of stuff. And the whole theme of the teamwork comes together fully in the final episode. Um, I mean, it's a 15-year-old series, so spoilers for the 15-year-old series. (laughs) One of the characters, his captain, dies in the first episode, mm. and he becomes Ultraman Hikari, who's another Ultraman. That's a scientist Ultraman. Okay, yeah. He's not meant to be a fighter, but he protected a planet. He failed to protect it. Ended up becoming a warrior yeah. out of it. Um, that guy sacrifices himself as the his Ryu, the, the guy's guy. Mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> he, just as his ship blows up. Yeah. And Ultramans can connect with someone when they're on the moment of death, which is how they link their souls. And Hikari goes to the other guy and he becomes oh, so he can the new Ultraman. Power as well, yeah, so he saves Ryu, but sac- you know, his captain sacrifices his link to the Ultraman to yeah. become that. And then the rest of the team, like there's a power-up Ultraman has. When he feels real teamwork and he feels real team power together, Other people can the strength of his power, he gets this flaming oh, power-up, right, cool. which is based on the flame design they all have painted on their phones as like the little team... Oh, right, like a V. Yeah, it's like a flame thing, but he has like flames going up. But um, they all come together. They've all linked with an Ultraman, each team member has in the last few episodes. Mm. And through that link with the Ultramans, they all combine into um, Mebius. Yeah. And they're all in control of him at once. Oh. It's the whole team. And it's like the perfect finale for this series. It's all about teamwork. It's like the ending of Shazam. Yeah, but better. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Because, um, because Ultra Magnus, it hasn't got that weird guy who looks like Colin Hanks in it. <laughs> oh come on, leave Adam Brody alone. We've done this. But um, yeah, like the whole episode, just one massive long fight. Like five minutes of the episode is just blasting a power blast yeah. at the villain, who's then questioning his existence <laughs> because he's the he's the Emperor of Darkness. Yeah, and he's starting to light starting to splutter out of him because he's realising the error of his ways. Jesus. Um, but it's such a big flashy finale. It is honestly one of the best finales. Like, yeah, it sounds it sounds really up and down. The only thing that's a bit weird is one of the guys who comes back from previous episodes is a really goofy looking alien. So in the middle of all the debris and the massive hole in the side of the building and all the destruction and the near apocalyptic stuff going on, there's this big goofy alien with a giant mouth. <laughs> it's just like maybe you could have left him out of it. There's <laughs> like there, the psychic girl was enough. There's a new comic series that I think you'd really like. This is the Ultraman one Marvel have done. No, um <laughs> I haven't read any of that. It's called Ultra Mega. No. And it's um, it starts the first issue is like a bumper issue, so I think it's sixty pages or fifty pages. But it's it's like it's in a world like that where there's Ultramen, but it's in like a New York setting, yeah. and they're basically every time that like a villain comes up, they all transform and they're like free, just normal guys for the most part. Like they treat it like a day job. Hmm. So that one guy's got glasses and stuff, and he's like, "How postmodern oh, monster!" And they just go, and he's like, "Yeah!" And there's like a there's like a guy with a big belly. 
And he becomes his ultra man. He's got like a slight belly and stuff. I'm sure a belly. Um, and they all go and they fight like the big demon and stuff. And the first episode is like them being like, oh, I'm so tired. I, I can't, I, I don't want to work today. I'm just so tired. I've just had enough. And he goes, oh, there's a big monster. I'm going to go and fight this, honey. I'll be back for dinner. And they grow big. And then it just, from there, it just takes a sudden tick over to ultra violence. Like they get horribly beaten by this monster. That's and then from nice. then, the kaiju... Like, basically, it lets their kaiju hierarchy in. Through See, that portals. wouldn't happen in Ultraman. Ultraman... He like, always rises to the fight in the occasion. Yeah, right? well, it's not about the gore. But, but... And they're filled with light. With this, like, it basically then time jumps to what it's like living in this world where they've got, like, human encampments, like, little human villages, and then you've got, like, badlands and stuff. And they all praise these ultra-men-style idols. And the demons actually take people that are subversive, so people that are, like, fighting back against demons or just being naughty... And they put them in like they put them in these big foam helmets. These you drew like, on the walls again. You've been <laughs> naughty. And they put them. They basically send them against lower caste demons that are like smaller versions of the big ones that used to uh, attack towns. And they put them in this fake, you know, like to, 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 Tokusatsu, like the villages and stuff. Yeah. They put them in one of those to fight to the death against these monsters. Nice. And some of it's horrific. Like some of it's like there's one that's like it looks like just this weird like feeble frog thing, and this guy's like. Go! I robbed a I robbed a loaf of bread from my local bakery, and they put me in here. I'll take this one. And this little kid's like twelve years old, and he's like, "I was gonna fight that." And he's like, "I've got it, kid. Don't worry." Pushes him aside, and the thing immediately shoots acid at him and just kills him. And it's just like it's it's such a that violent version. Nice. It's a, such a violent version of like the Ultraman style kaiju giant man battle thing. But I think you really like it because it is beautiful. There's like, a great one where Ultra, where Mebius cuts a monster in half as it's flying towards him and it yeah. like splits either side and explodes <laughs> in two pieces. I love that shit. It's one of the ones that Toki Gifts have posted before. Now. Apparently the apparently the Marvel comic is good. I yeah, I need to read it. it. It's, um, it's got all the cover art's been done by um, thinging it, not Bob Ross. Um, Alex Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Good Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Just a couple of, couple yeah. of bushes right there. There's just so many trees. Alex Ross's covers for Kingdom Come are so I'm much just better than Kingdom Come. All the time. Like, <laughs> They're so much better than the comic book Kingdom Come. I know, Ultraman Mebius is top notch yeah it sounds really good um, it really sounds good. like a it's only the second proper Ultraman series I've watched and it is yeah. like in terms of all the Toku shows I've watched it's definitely up near the top of them like, so many of so many of the Ultraman movies of that I've watched there isn't any Ultraman movies I've seen like movie, or maybe it's just there's the no Ultraman movies together. there's an Ultraman movie coming out next year it's been delayed because of Covid oh. um, Shin Ultraman directed by Hid- well it's not directed by Hideaki I know it's, but he's written by him um, oh Maybe it's the series I've watched then, but I've, I've watched... I mean, there's like, Ultraman movies that are like spin-offs of the show, but Yeah, not, I think that's probably what I've seen. They're not an Ultraman... That that kind of explains why they're, they're sort of... They're the movie really... for this one was quite fun. It was um, the four Ultra Brothers, which is for the, the four members of the cast that could get back. Yeah. Um, the oldest ones. And yeah. it was all centred around Mirai going to another town, saving things, a big evil monster thing. Oh. Um, the rest of the team, like, basically, the big barrier turns up. And it comes like, we can't get in. And then it never addresses what they're trying to do. <laughs> There's no, like, we're going to find a way in to help save the dead. No, they stay out. It's done. Um, but one of the characters turns up again in the series later. They bring her back and yeah. stuff. That does explain it. Because the films I've watched, the Ultraman things I have watched, they're, like, long form. Most of the time they are, like, um, they don't really set characters up. And it's to. it's mostly a fight for an hour. you need to watch 50-odd episodes of a yeah. TV show. Yeah, that's probably why. Or you might be watching Ultra Galaxy Fight, which is literally just fighting. No, it's it, like there is there's plot elements and there seems to be like a, a, there seems to be like plots going through. It's just that the actual Ultraman action where you expect it to be like 
there's a fight initially, they get a bit beaten up, they have to recover, and then they come back for the last 20 minutes. It's not that. It's just fighting in the background. Yeah, it sounds like, like you just watched Ultra Galaxy fight. Oh, maybe I did then. Where they just fought on the moon for an hour. No, they were in a town, but it was, it was, like, I've watched a few of them and they're just not very the good. The model stuff in Ultraman's really good. There's one episode where um, there's a mother who, she gets some superpowers, she dies, yeah. and she makes a deal with some sort of alien to come back to life, and as a result, she becomes like a uh, like super strong murderer for the alien. No, oh. and she's not really in control of it. Um, but there's a really good bit in it where she goes out into her back garden because something's going on out there, and instead of like doing an aerial shot of a village or like sitting the camera because because you got a village in Japan, when you have a village, all the buildings are low. Like in a town, you don't get one tall building that you can sit a camera on and get a shot of the village. Yeah, so they just built the village on a set and then just shot it. Like and then they have a fight in the same set later, which is efficient. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a good way just, of doing it. You're lucky they go. That's a model shot, but it's it's a clever way of getting your aerial shot. Also, you keep the damage, couldn't you? Yeah, they, that's one thing Ultraman does really well is they actually damage the buildings. Where yeah. Super Sentai, I get the feeling with Super Sentai they have to rush so fast to do the fight so they don't destroy many buildings because they need get, those sets ready because yeah, they need to shoot the say, next episode later that day. I always feel like there are like marks on the mm. ground where it's just like. Stay in the yellow tape and none of it's... The weirdly wide wide streets and super yeah. center. But it's because it's because they'll have like a second unit that shoots all those mecha battles. Yeah. And they'll shoot like multiple episodes in a week. Yeah. Because half the fight is the Sentai characters standing still. But Ultraman, they take like about 10 minutes of each episode can be the fight. And they will take the time. And some of the model shots, are, like the fight at the dam, like I thought for a second they were shooting on location using forced perspective. Yeah. Because it looks so spot on to what you've seen of the dam before then. Um, it's so cheap to make models. I don't know why they don't just. I don't love freaking when you're watching Ultraman Z because it's in HD and everything. Yeah, and like you can literally see they've got like the Tonka cars and yeah, stuff, yeah. and it's just like using model cars. They've scaled everything to like you know model car size, <laughs> so it like sits in. So when you see like an impact, and they just you can tell they've just shaked the floor mm. to make the cars bounce up and down. Genius! It's clever stuff. It's the way it should be. And I like that stuff. Super Sentai's getting better with it, but Ultraman is still the pinnacle. Yeah, with that sort of stuff. Um, new series starts soon. Cool. Called Ultraman Trigger. I'm going to try and get you a copy of that Ultra Mega comic because I reckon you'd like that. Yeah, at least you, the first issue's been uh, useful. Ultraman Mebius. Top notch. Cool. So it's been mostly a week of middling to okay stuff. And you've had some good stuff. Fuck this last couple of weeks. Oh. I need to try and watch the Car Ranger, but I'm only a few episodes in. I need to try and finish Camp Cretaceous. And I also need to get further in Shin Megami Tensei 3. Um, I've mean, almost finished Star Trek six, season six, next generation. Oh, nice! Yeah. Have you seen that all those Blu-rays have gone down in price? Like they're selling single season box sets for like three quid. Yeah, I shouldn't have sold my original series Blu-ray. Yeah, I think you can probably pick it up for like ten, fifteen quid now, though. None of the blu it's like twelve discs or something on Blu-ray. Yeah, you'd be able to find it cheap as shit now, man. Like all Blu-rays are losing value because like they're transferring stuff, aren't they? Mm. Anyway, um, okay. Say goodbye to the children. It's the Bye, episode. everyone. Bye. Boris Johnson got married to try and cover up the fact that Dominic Cummings has. Well, has no, it's evidence. because he can't cheat on someone until he's married to them. Well, no, Dominic Cummings so has evidence, and he's trying to cover up the story, like they always. do. Oh, he's using it as a distraction. Yeah. It's not a cover up. It's a distraction. Sorry, a distraction. This Tory game has been played so many fucking times. I'm just bored of it. You can find him at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can find him as Mellow Gaming on YouTube. You can also find him as Reacting I Sentai Grimlock. Ranger. He did. I finally you, got Wild you can, Wheel. You can find him as Reacting Sentai Yopper Ranger on YouTube. And also, what was the Tom uh, Ant's toy box? Ant's box of toys? Ant's, Ant's bot collection. Ant's bot collection on Which YouTube. no one's watching. You've got three fucking channels. 
Yeah. Save some space for the rest of us. Mm. I'll make something one day. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, I put a video up the other day and Toei copyright struck me again. <laughs> so so I've got another copyright strike. I mean, if I, if that channel gets free copyright strikes... It's done. I lose all the channels. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Is that for the Reacting Sentai one? Yeah, it's, it's a landmine. Did, did you just agree to remove whatever it was they were disputing? Yeah, but you can't. You don't give me the copyright strike. Copyright strike sits there for three months. Fuck, you know. Yeah. They expect you to go to copyright school and watch that Happy Tree Friends video again. Did you do that? I did that months ago, so it's all registered. So does it not remove that strike? Then? No, that no, strike stays there for three months. Until August 25th. Yeah. So you've got to be careful more... with the next video I upload. Jesus. Just got, I'm going to have to cut them down to like five minutes at a time. Or I could just I could just get my sister to be an animator for you and she could just hand draw. You can't draw. animate the show. Yeah, you can. No. Yeah, and make it better. Um, you can find me at Critapocalypse everywhere, <laughs> including PlayStation and Xbox, if you want to have a game. You're done. Sort. You're done. Yeah, I guess I'm fucking done. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you for episode 162 if we survive. If not, it's been lovely speaking to you. Bye. Cunts. <laughs>